This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Starting things out by taking your calls about whatever's on your mind. Uh, let's go to Brian in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, a couple weeks ago... Well, maybe last week. I don't know. The time is just skipping by. Uh, I was uh, telling you a little bit about uh, some bees that I uh, am starting. Yes, uh, you are a beekeeper. Yes. The uh, the idea behind this is, well, it's fun, but I'm also trying to uh, show how wealth can be created from from thin air. Uh, wealth is the uh, the ability to use your brain and your resources to turn into something that uh, you can trade and get other things with. So mm-hmm. um, we, we we did some beekeeping. Uh, we were in Colorado before we moved here to New Hampshire, and uh, so I figured I'd just repeat that. I bought uh, three uh, packages, they're called, of uh, three pounds each of bees plus a queen. Uh, who would have thought that? Who would have thought that they sold bees by the pound? <laughs> I said, who would have thought, uh, Brian? Who would have thought that they sold bees by the pound? <laughs> Well, they, they found out that, uh, you know, a, a, about this many bees you need in order to support a queen for the, you know, week or so it takes to get it from, you know, the, the queenery uh, to, your, to your house. And, mm-hmm. and it just so happens it's about three pounds of bees, I guess. I don't know. Gotcha. Now, my, my question is, though, that if uh, the queenery what happens if the bees mm-hmm. are all flying, would, would that package weigh less? <laughs> I, it's a good question. <laughs> I think they tried that on MythBusters once. They, uh, you know, if, if you have a, a bunch of birds that all were in a truck and they flew, uh, would it would it weigh any less? It, it doesn't. Interesting. Anyway, um, it wouldn't. So uh, <laughs> uh, I, I talked to you guys about the the bee thing, and there's just so much. I mean, the more you learn about bees, the more you find out you don't really know much about bees. I mean, it, it's like a lifetime. There's just so many really cool facts about bees. So um, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm still thinking about the you know, the science behind the whole truck full of birds thing. Think yeah. about when the bird flaps its wings. It's it pressure. To, it's creating pressure. Right? Reaction. Yeah. It has to press down against something to that's, go up. That's what so I was thinking. The air down. So the air pressure from all of those birds is the same weight, essentially, of the birds actually just sitting in the, the truck. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, I think huh. that, I think that that would be how I'd interpret it. Yeah. That's that's what I was yeah, thinking. That's, that's exactly it. The downdraft force is exactly the same as the. Uh, as the you know the bird the bird's weight if the bird's going to be you know standing in midair. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, I just wanted to to air that out. Uh, go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> and it'd be the same thing with the bees, I guess. Anyway, um, so I, after I uh, uh, talked uh, to you guys on the show uh, here last week, a couple weeks ago, I, I got several emails from people who wanted to know, have you know wanted more information. Mark, you were one of them, and so um, I talked to the people who are running uh, Alt Expo, which is kind of an alternate. Uh, expo that they put on uh, in conjunction with other things that are happening in the Liberty World, and they're going to have their Alt Expo at the at Porkfest uh, this year here in a couple of weeks, or I guess a weekend after after this. Yeah, the Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up here uh, in one week's time, actually, the next Thursday, the 25th through the 28th. 
Uh, that is going to be where a lot of uh, hundreds of liberty-minded people will be gathering here in New Hampshire to socialize and, uh, and network and have a good time uh, with one another. And there are all kinds of official things that are going on. And when I mentioned earlier on the, not tonight's program, but earlier on an earlier show, that there are always spontaneous things that are happening within the movement. So you, you never really know exactly everything that's going on just by looking at the official itinerary. There are always many other things. And the Alt Expo is one of the best examples of something that spontaneously uh, came out of, uh, you know, the the, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the past and the, the Liberty Forum, which is another one of the Free State Project events that happens during the year. Basically, the organizers of the Alt Expo said, well, we don't think there's enough that's being covered here. We think that there need to be uh, discussions and panel discussions or whatever, uh, presentations on a variety of topics that just aren't being uh, covered on the official menu of options. And so they just went ahead, instead of begging the organizers of the Pork Fest or the Liberty Forum to allow them to have the space officially to do these things. They just went ahead and did their own thing. They went ahead and organized uh, on their own what it was that they wanted to do. And it, in the Liberty Forum, for instance, the event earlier in the year, it happens at the same hotel. It's in a couple of the hotel rooms. At the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they'll have a fairly large tent, and you know, usually they have their own projector set up, and they've got a nice little uh, setup. They, they sell coffee, and they it was really... Probably a, it seemed like a big hit last year. In fact, probably yeah. the the next biggest thing to the fun tent, fun tent was probably Alt Expo. I, the Alt Expo, I enjoy going to. They almost always have something, several somethings that I want to, want to see. So Great example. So are you hooking up with the Alt Expo to do a beekeeping, um, I guess, presentation? Yes, yeah. It'll be uh, uh, just got a time. It'll be a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, and I'll have a whole bunch of stuff there. I'll have my bee suit and uh, you know, some <laughs> examples of, of the hives. And I won't bring any bees, but, uh, you know, I'll bring some honey and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So cool. if, uh, if cool. uh, people are going to be at Pork Fest, then uh, uh, come on over Saturday at 10, and, and we'll talk bees. Very good. All right, Brian. Uh, anything else you want to share tonight? Um, yeah, there, there was one thing. I, I was actually listening to a really old podcast back in February. You guys were talking about uh, the, the value of school, of, of uh, whether to go to college or not. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just one thing that I wanted to add to that. You know, uh, it, it's whether the, you know, you, uh, can you get a job with a college degree and the amount of money it costs for the college degree, you have to pay that off. And it's really not worth it if you look at the numbers. Uh, but what I've found, and uh, if you want to get ahead, if you want to set yourself apart from the other people in the job market, just write a book. Hmm. Wow, if that's If you could walk into a job interview, say, "Hey, this is my book," and they can look it up on Amazon.com and see if you're an author, even if you only sell, you know, a couple hundred copies. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that will set you apart from anybody else who, wow. who's who's uh, doing that job. I really haven't made a lot of money from my books. Uh, not nearly as much as I've made from just being able to say, you know, to increase my billing rate or, you know, get, get gigs right away instead of, you know, having to compete with other people. Right, because then you're author, Brian Travis. Yeah, that, <laughs> yes. it, it sounds like an amazing thing. Brian, I'd like to set the record straight. People that get college degrees make more in a lifetime and uh, generally an, well in an, um, excess of the amount that they spend on the degree. But it's still a chicken and the egg situation. Are the people that make more, um, do they go to college generally or, you know, did they make more because they went to college? I'd say that I'd say that it was likely the former, not the latter. Well, yeah, yeah, right. People who are motivated enough to uh, take some time out of their life, uh, you know, to go to college are not, you know, just your average, you know, schmoes are going to sit around, you know, fixing their car all day. Yeah, yeah I think you know, it's so, also so, yeah, it's a causation. Correlation is not causation or whatever. I think a lot of employers, too, are not so much valuing the degree so much as much as it's just something to prove the employee that they were able to take something on and carry it through to completion. 
uh, you know, something yeah. that that takes that much of a commitment. And college really is. I mean, there's a lot of discouragement when you're going to school. There's plenty of times when I, you know, a lot of people drop out, and I understand why. <laughs> it's a know? it's a business plan where you pay people to tell you what to do. Of course, it's discouraging. It's the kind of it, it's a business plan that exists nowhere else to to make it through such a ludicrous uh, circ, you know, set of circumstances as well paying somebody who you know acts like a pompous jerk and oh, gives you workout cl- uh, they I do mean, that for with workout classes too right yeah well <laughs> i was hoping you hadn't given up any of my secrets brian you know brian when you said when you said queenery i thought of a gay ice cream shop <laughs> <laughs> thanks brian anything else on your mind no, no, Good call it. tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, more B information available at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the Alt Expo. 800-259-9231. Of course, we're going to be broadcasting live from the Pork uh, the pork Fest, and that's Pork Fest with a C. Porkfest.com. You can go. You can get registered. Come on out to Lancaster, New Hampshire. It's a bit of a drive. You're going to have to drive probably for a good two and a half hours There's if you're coming into Manchester. Scenery up, scenery up there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it was well worth the ride. The... Uh, You've you've been up there once, yeah, right? um, up that direction. Yeah, up to the north, <laughs> north, several, several times. Part of the state. Most, I, most, just about any drive from one part of New Hampshire to another is going to be a pleasant drive. Sure. I would say just about any. It's it's beautiful scenery, and um, the other thing about it is that the campground's really great. If you've been to the the most recent pork fest in the last couple, um, I can't camp- comment. I've never been there. The, I, that campground, I understand, but it's this campground is better than the. That's old what one. I hear. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, it's uh, starting next week, Thursday the 25th through the 28th. Go to porkfest.com to get registered. Uh, you'll be able to meet with hundreds of liberty-minded people, all enjoying one another's company. Free Talk Live Broadcasting Live. Looking forward to seeing you there. Porkfest.com. More on the way here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Teen Revenge website. Proposal to ban this website? Am I understanding that correctly, Mark? It's uh, Yes. We'll find out a little bit more about that and a little bit of hate email, which we don't get very often. So we'll share some of that with you as well. It's Free Talk Live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo. Prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. So you can, uh, again, join us on the phones, join us via email. We don't really get a chance to read very many emails, but from now and uh, and then, we will get an email that I would classify as a hate email, and uh, I I do like to share It's a tough word. Well, and and you know what, to be honest... It's not really the most hateful of emails, but since the the term... Our listeners generally don't send the most hateful of emails. Well, this one does have the line about something sucking, so I figured that's kind of hateful. 
That's well, not hateful. That's, that's critique. And well, it's, but it's, it's vulgar suck critique. Is, uh, suck is a kind of a harsh term. That's not hate. Let's go Depends to the phone first. I'm oh, sorry? I won't say it. Never mind. <laughs> you're going to make a dirty joke. You're, yeah, I was like, well, FCC might get mad, so I won't say it. Let's go to Scott in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Scott, Canada, going once. Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, I, I recently had back surgery, and I thought I'd sort of give a little socialist uh, medicine report uh, from how it works. Yeah. Um, if, if you're at all interested. Absolutely. Find, well, typically, especially up here, it's at the front end where all the terrible sort of crap is like the waiting eight hours in the emergency room when you get to the ER and, and people dying in the emergency rooms and waiting months and months to see a doctor. And it seems after going through this little experience that that's where most of the problems are because there's so many people trying to access it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Well, but once free. you kind of get past that and get into the queue of, okay, now you're on the books and you're scheduled for whatever, you, you get moved through a lot quicker. Um, I hurt my back in January, and I went to see the doctor, and so I, I was referred to a neurosurgeon, and that that took two months to see the neurosurgeon, just for the appointment. Um, and that was after having x-rays and an and MRI and a CAT scan. Now, for some reason, I got mine pretty quick. I only had to wait a couple of weeks for each of these tests, but I know my co-worker had to wait six months to get an, an, an MRI done on her brain. Are you, suggest- like a- are you suggesting that the government is arbitrary? <laughs> it sure seems like it. Yeah, it sounds like a crapshoot. I mean, you did say you had to wait two months to uh, consult with the neurosurgeon. Is that right? Yeah, and then and he ordered tests? That's quick. Here, that's quick. Okay. Um, I know people that are waiting till no, like waiting six months just to, to follow up, uh, like wow. for, to see the, the specialist. And, and like I said, yeah, for some reason, mine just, I, I was able to get through quicker. And, uh, and then I had my surgery about three weeks ago. Um, so from the point of seeing the neuro, the neurosurgeon to surgery was a month. And again, that was quick. I found that it was quite unusual, uh, my case, after talking to a lot of other people about their experiences. It's typically what you hear about Canada and socialist mess and loss of waiting and waiting and waiting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it just it seems pretty arbitrary. I don't know why, for some reason, I was able to get through quicker. Uh, Who knows? Maybe there weren't very maybe the, maybe there weren't very many people that uh, were looking for neurosurgery in that particular time frame. Well, that's I think that was part of it. That my particular thing that that was being done, I guess, wasn't as uh, there wasn't as much of a demand for that. Well, because the government, uh, I'm sure the people that get into that business, many of them, even though it's socialized and uh, government ruins everything it touches, I'm sure a lot of them still try to do the best job they can given the circumstances. I don't imagine the motivation in Canada are really that much different from the motivations in America, and that is most of the people I've ever met, at least, that got, in, got into healthcare didn't get in because uh, eventually they'd be able to play golf all day. They got in because they want to help people feel better, and I'm sure that that's a factor, and in a government system, one thing we know for sure is they just don't respond to market signals at all. They have no real incentive to. Uh, there are very, very few opportunities for them to really even respond to market signals because it's usually around election season. If anything's going to change, that's when the, the option comes in to uh, to make something happen differently, basically. Yeah. So if, uh, if they have a certain amount of neurosurgeons and there's a low level of demand for that, then they can probably handle it and do it on a relatively 
uh, speedy basis compared to what a lot of people experience in Canada. Whereas if all of a sudden the demand goes up, there is no way for the the Canadian marketplace because it's not a real marketplace. It's a government controlled, completely monopolized system. There's no real way for it to uh, to expand out according to what increased demand there might be placed upon it. Well, they just, they just don't have that mechanism. It. What's insidious about it is that. You know, you only have to satisfy a majority, and even that is rough, you know, uh, with a government service like that and just keep it voted in, you know, or keep uh, politicians voted in who for who want that service. And so most people are healthy most of the time, and when sure. they aren't, it's usually a, a little doctor visit to get a prescription or something like that. And all that is, you know, really straightforward in a, in a, in a government healthcare system. You know, you go, you get a prescription, it's real simple, it's... It's not difficult to ration that versus having to ration some limited service. You know, yeah. there's a limited number of doctors and just not responding to market signals the way you said. Mm-hmm. And so I think most people, the huge vast majority of people who are under socialized health care think it's fine because the experiences they've had, they had, you know, a cold or they had a strep throat or something. You know, most of the things that most of us go to the doctor for maybe once every year or two. And that stuff it seems fine for, so they're having largely good experiences. And then the horror stories come when someone has something unusual, and then they do have to ration care, and then they're on a waiting list. And people's, you know, people have family members who who are dead, who very likely could have been saved had they not been waiting six months for an operation or yep. something there are so like many that. Stories. That's not unusual to hear of two dying on a waiting list, waiting for something that could be routine. What kind and, of coverage uh, does that get up there in Canada, those those incidents? Are they kind of brushed under the rug as far as the media is concerned, or is it out there in front of people? Well, they, uh, in, in my area, in Winnipeg, you'll, you'll, you don't hear about people dying on a waiting list because it's not unusual. So it's not news, really. Oh, no. You'll hear about people... Yeah, you'll hear about people dying in the waiting room, or and that's happened a couple times in the last few years, people dying in the waiting room. Um, but, you know, people dying on the waiting list, you hear about it, but it's not really featured because it's not really that unusual, you know, because you're waiting Gosh. six months or a year for either, and these are just to get procedures or tests done sometimes. Oh, and don't forget the uh, the other factor is they will take a look at you and your circumstances. So if you're old... Then you have a less. Uh, there's a lesser chance that they are going to take care of you as quickly as they might somebody who's younger. Because yeah, like, I'm a younger guy, so maybe that's why I got through quick. I don't know. Um, but it, part of the problem is that a lot of people don't see an alternative, or they don't know the option. Like in Canada, all we when we think private health care, they think the U.S. Right, and that's not. No. That's not <laughs> private health care anyway. Maybe like, by comparison. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not anything I would advocate like the current U.S. system anyways, right? Yeah, but the U.S. So system's a mess. Already. It's an right. absolute mess. And it's like what what happens if you take the worst of a socialist system and the worst of a free market system and combine them all together. <laughs> Thanks, Scott, for the call tonight and Thank the story. I appreciate hearing from you. I'm glad it went okay for you. 1-800-259-9231. Now, what would be interesting would be to compare Scott's experience with what would have happened if he had lived in the United States. Now, he did say he had to wait two months in order to consult with the neurosurgeon. There were then tests ordered at that point. It took just a series of weeks to get the tests done, and it sounded like he got the, I think, the operation wrapped up within a month. So, relatively positive story for Canada. But what happens when you compare that same situation to the United States? How long would it take, on average? It would take nearly, nearly as long. I, I just to see the neurosurgeon, you'd think they'd book you a little faster than, than two months. Yeah. 
So uh, 800-259-9231. Maybe you've got a little more experience in the medical world and you would like to speculate, or perhaps you are a neurosurgeon and you can actually uh, give us your life's uh, experience in that area. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. That is why we call the show Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at seasteading.org. Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with... And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including... The archives, the bulletin board system, and more. We give it all away. BBS has over 450,000 posts. And, in fact, that is the subject of the email, the, the hate email that I have to share here in a moment. So we'll get back into that. There are lots of reasons you might want to hide your valuables around your home. Asset forfeiture, bank failures, burglars, ex-spouses, housekeepers, your kids. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most with little or no modification. All the modifications are under $50 if there are modifications. The guide contains detailed pictures to help you out. It's StashYourSwag.com. It's an e-book, and it costs under $7. StashYourSwag.com, S-W-A-G. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Peter writes, the FTL message boards really suck. And he made uh, suck in all caps. They are just... Is he talking about the BBS? Yes, the, okay. yeah, the Free Talk Live BBS, which you can go to bbs.freetalklive.com. They are just a cesspool of juvenile humor and arguments. You need to get your moderators to police them more. At least get people to be nicer to each other. Because, yeah, you can do that just by cracking down on a forum is get people to be nicer. Wait a second. Um, what is the uh, disclaimer that uh, when one... It's a virtually unmoderated BBS. So there is some moderation, but very, very little. Bas- basically, the moderation includes getting rid of the... Uh, the Violent threats. Spam spam posts. Spam bots. Uh, spam, yeah, like automatic things on the Internet that yeah. just post crap. Um if if somebody makes a violent threat towards someone, uh, I don't believe we allow racism. Depends. Oh it, yeah, the, there's the rubber room for trolls where you're there is to be, a right if a you, troll room where pretty much anything goes. Right. We take a virtually unmoderated forum and then <laughs> I really wish people would. Li- I think I have a spectacular idea for all kinds of forums, which is a very allowing people to do what they want to do. But just gives information, and I, that's the troll meter instead of a karma nah. meter. I like that tro- the idea of the troll meter. But the, the, we, what we found is that the, they love to slap each other with troll points on the the website. I mean, well, yeah. karma, right? These, but that you can do that over and over and over again, and someone can game it really easily. Yeah, a troll meter the, would give each person one vote per person. I like that. And idea. their meter would adjust based on. You can always change your vote. But you could vote whether they're a troll or not. So you give your one vote towards one. Either. On our I side, like you. I don't like you. You know, I like and you. You, you don't get a troll. Like you, that neutral. basically, and all that, all that is, is information. Uh, it, it's, it's not like a. You know, I, I know I'm big on picking on people who vote. You know, but, <laughs> but you, this is not. You know, all it is is saying. You know, these people think this is many people uh, of all the people who have voted like 
thirty percent of them think this person's a troll, and then you just have information All and right, you decide let's whether define to define troll them for for somebody who's not <laughs> uh, message board oriented. That's a good question, and that's an <laughs> ongoing debate, isn't it? What is I guess a troll? It is. <laughs> well, there's a. I think that a troll. I would I would define it as someone who's just wants attention, looking for a reaction, good, bad, just trying to get a reaction. Uh, they might they might disagree with the the general content of the message board, and they just wanna they just wanna get over there and and like you know and just stir it up. Just and the troll is yeah. someone who posts controversial, inflammatory, irrelevant, or off topic off topic messages on in an online community such as online discussion boards with the primary intent of provoking other users into an emotional response or generally disrupt normal on topic discussion. Now some trolls are better That's than others. I mean, the, well, the they ones use different are, tactics too. Right. Well, the ones that are better, more effective, are the better trolls because they can come in and they can stir it up. Whereas somebody who, if somebody just came into the Free Talk Live for uh, BBS and said <laughs> socialism sucks, I mean that would be obvious troll. And it maybe or maybe um, would not get some attention it, from the, the users. There. They they strike me as really bored, attention-starved people who have lots and lots of free time on. And their our hands. forum is full of those people. <laughs> and you know that's that's okay. The amazing um, thing is how many wealthy um, you know people that are doing quite well. Will want to hang work. out on the the forum and then play with the trolls or be trolls themselves. I just I, I, it's beyond me. I don't disagree with anything the uh, the email has said so far. No, I don't disagree with them either. I, I hardly the way, ever go there. I like to go. I I, I go there every day. Do you? Yeah, I do. Uh, I used to go a lot. I have to admit, I haven't been in a while. I might like it now if I went back. I have. I don't know. It, it's just been a long time since I've actually gla- only, even glanced at it. He only has a few more things to say. He says, it seems all people do on there is argue topics. Hello, have you ever been to a forum? <laughs> a forum. Yeah. It's like a forum about liberty. Libertarians are called deba- debatatarians for a reason. But, but <laughs> any forum on the internet, I've never, maybe it's just the ones that I've gone to. No, but you're I've, right. You're I've right, never been to a forum where there especially aren't... Especially a libertarian one, though. Yeah, incessant <laughs> arguments going on all of the time. And, of course, the reason is because everybody's hiding out behind their computer screens. A number of the people that are on the Free Talk Live BBS I've met in person, and they're very congenial, very nice folks who in real life, have a completely different persona than they do on the Internet. And it's just the, the way forums are. I really think some people take them uh, too seriously. And it can be easy to do that when you get into the forum world and, and things become, uh, you know, this is where you're spending your time. And so <laughs> it seems as though things that happen here are very important when it's just some Internet forum off in the corner of the Internet somewhere. I mean, it doesn't have any real significant effect. But he does. does he, the Internet has corners? It, I guess you could say it does, yeah, because if uh, the site ends somewhere, it's you're in a little nook there, right? Uh, anyway, some of the worst offenders, he says, are amplifiers. If somebody doesn't agree, they'll immediately insult the person. If the boards are representative of the message you promote on the show, I don't want any part of it. Well, there, and that's there's a cheap the, shot. There's the answer to the, the problem. When you put the, uh, the, the little disclaimer out, everybody has to read the disclaimer. Only I if they join the forum. As you join the, the, the forum? Yeah. Well, um, perhaps you should have a, a a pass through for guests because I just looked at the forum has about sixteen hundred uh, ampl- uh, uh, users that reg- users that are registered, and probably only a fraction are actually active or right. or even post. But there were thirty three thousand visits last month. Yeah. So therefore, lots of people reading that. Forum. Lots of people reading that aren't members. But there's a general maybe, uh, post on the announcements right at the top that if they're reading but the forum, if they, they read, read the read. announcements, maybe there should be a pass through for nobody guests. reads that stuff anyway. And you know, nobody reads the, the 
It's lengthy. They're not going to read that. It's Even lengthy. though it's one page. It's one page, but nobody wants to read that. They want to read the forum posts. And besides, if we do that, Mark, then the forum can't be categorized on the Internet uh, by Google. If you okay. put everything behind some sort of pass-through okay. like you're talking about, then Google won't find the excellent breast threat. Okay. And the excellent <laughs> breast thread is the number one entry point for the Free Talk Live. That's BPS. what's happening. People are people are finding it through search engines and things like that and just going to it and checking it out. Yeah, like I guess my answer to that is tough cookies then. Um, the fact is, uh, you know, the, the BBS is not in any way representative no, of how Free it? Talk Live or anything. How could, it be, how could a BBS be representative of a radio show? The show is an open format uh, talk show. It's a panel discussion that generally themes on liberty, but can go anywhere. And the boards are a piece of the private property of this show. And, I mean, to that extent, it's ine- inevitably connected to us, uh, but... But because it's private property, we just have our private property and the rules there configured in a certain way. So the only thing a BBS is, the BBS is a commentary on is what happens when the people that are likely to listen to this program and use a forum go on to a forum that has virtually no moderation. It, it's no commentary on what would happen in real life should those same people get together. In no way. I mean, it, to say no. something like that tells me that Peter has no real forum, internet forum experience. It's a commentary on... Uh, somebody who takes forums fate, uh, far too seriously, is what I would say. Now, one could say we've taken the forum far too seriously by spending an entire segment talking about it. But it, it, it almost sounds mail. like a but joke. It almost sounds a little bit like a joke. People, like, the guys, you know, can people, is he serious? Then, people you know. have to go to this forum and feel the same way this guy does. And I, it's one oh, of the yeah. things that scares me about the forum. I try not to. I try not to spend much time thinking about it. But the fact is, our forum is full of trolls. It's our service to the internet. We provide a place for the trolls to play. To go, yeah. yeah, they like play playing with each with other. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll stay there and stay off the other forums. And we can all enjoy the other forums. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's why I left. Ultimately, there were so many troll. I just, uh, I don't have patience <laughs> for the, 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 the the no life people that are just there all the time. Right. I'd rather spend my time uh, on the more productive places like the the free keen forums. Right. Yeah, well, that's productive. Well, there, there's some activism I think that is planned and that goes on there. But anyway, he says, I know you guys aren't into restricting freedom, but the boards need help. It's more like junior high in there. If people. <laughs> If people spoke to each other face-to-face the way they do on the boards, there would be fistfights all the time. There's no don't. real discussion of issues, just ego-driven arguments. Right. Hey, it, ain't, it yep. ain't for everybody. And I hardly spend any time there. 800-259-9231. But 30-something thousand people a month are going to it, so somebody likes it. I think the, I think the BBS is about to surpass the popularity of the main freetalklive.com site. Not for much longer. may change because we're redesigning the website. Free Talk Live, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. And if you want to support the show, one easy way to do it is to shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is that you need to buy in life, they probably sell it. They've got dozens of categories and even used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, it's the way to shop. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link. Free Talk Live gets a cut. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls about what you want. And then we'll talk about grudges. Mike is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Mike, Georgia, going once. How's Mike. Going, guys? Hey, you're on the air. This is uh, Mac, actually, not Mike. Yes. Hey, Mac. Um, got no speeding ticket. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, they caught me doing 67 and 45 about a month ago. Mm, okay. I was coming off the interstate, but um, that's 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 not what I called for. That that part was not what I called for. I just told the officer he got me dead rights and everything. But I went to court, and even though I work in law enforcement, I mean, when I go to court, it never ceases to amaze me what they do in there. There's one judge. He he's asking all these personal questions to most of the defendants. And it came around to, do you go to church? You know, they say yes or no, whatever. And the judge actually offered to to lower their fine if they went to church. How many times wow. did he want it? <laughs> well, I mean, he went to this big, the guy went to this big spill about, well, I can't make it because of the U.S. Constitution, but if you go to, if you go to church about 15 times and bring the programs, I'll reduce the fine. If you go to church how many times, he'll 15. do what? It, it depended on the offense. One, he told one person six times, told another person ten times, told another person like twenty times. And what would he do if that happened? Reduce the fine. Reduce it. I see. So he's essentially yeah. sentencing people to church. Yeah, it's voluntary. Well, I get up there. <laughs> I, I get up there, and I told I told him flat out. I was like, look, I work in law enforcement. I don't want to be on probation because it affect my job. But I drive taxi cabs. You know in between my cops and everything. I lost. I mean, the guy completely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what judges no do church. best. Man, anybody no that doesn't kiss the kiss the ring of uh, most judges will be really uh, under attack, under fire, and if not, end up in a uh, jail cell after all is yeah. said and done. Yeah, That's the, crazy, the man. The department, the police department that got pulled over for, he, I mean, they have a reputation of, you know, they'll throw you in jail for anything. So, you know, I'm like, look, <laughs> look, you got me there to write. Yeah, I wasn't paid this how fast I was going. <laughs> Don't throw me in jail. So wow. you you paid up and, and that was that, huh? You didn't, you decided oh, no, you didn't I, want to go to church? I, I, I went to, he didn't even offer it to me, but, um. Oh, I see. <laughs> At that point. But, um, the guy put on probation and I got the paperwork. I'm actually paying the probation company more than I'm actually paying the court. You're on probation because you were speeding? Yes. Is that like either, regular probation? <laughs> Speeding or, probation? Or driving had, probation? Traffic probation. Either, it was either I had two days to pay the ticket, it was like 200 and some odd dollars, or I go on probation for six months. What does it mean to be on probation from a driving um, perspective? They had me classified as normal supervision, so pretty much... That is probation. Supervision. <laughs> so you have to oh, meet up to, with probation officers and that sort of thing? Yeah, they have different um, tiers. They have they have a range from you just report and pay where I'm at to where they actually come and visit you. <laughs> so wait, the, why were you given probation as opposed to just paying the speeding ticket? Was it because there was too many speeding tickets or what? Mm, I, didn't, I didn't have the money at the moment. Ah, uh, so you didn't have the, the money, so they put so then they put you in the system. But don't you have to pay for probation? I, I knew that was that yeah. way down in Florida. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, well, that's what, what I'm saying. Yeah, I actually had to pay more to the probation department than I'm actually paying on the ticket. So is it over? A, it's over a certain period of time. So it's over six months. So instead of it's paying, payments, it's terms. So, so yeah. So instead of just well, I know around here you can just get payments. <laughs> They'll just accept yeah. payments. They won't put you into the probation system because of it. Crap. Welcome to the South, huh, Mac? Yeah, and um, I mean this is this is how it broke down. I'm actually paying about with all said and done around six hundred bucks. <laughs> what would it have been? The speeding ticket. Five hundred um, bucks. I'm gonna say. What 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 this? It was about five hundred. It was how much? Five hundred. Two hundred. I'm saying the speed ticket was two hundred twenty some odd dollars. 
the probation cost is almost 300 bucks. Wow, that's amazing. All because you couldn't afford to pay the ticket all at once. Mac, thanks for the story tonight. Always oh, yeah, good one, hearing from one you, one sir. Question, one oh, question. okay, quick, quick. Um, the guy from Savannah who has the podcast, um, what's the site again? LCL Report, Mark? LCLReport.com. LCL report. Okay. There you go. Thank you, Mac. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dave. LCL report. That's my best student. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. What's on your mind tonight, Dave? Yeah, he does what I do. Um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the charity activity in Grafton, New Hampshire. I've moved to Grafton recently. I don't know. Have you guys talked about this at all? I'm not aware. What's going on? Okay, cool. Uh, well, uh, what happened was one of the one of the free staters who had moved to Grafton some time ago uh, said, "You know what? There's this uh, town wreck field that's got part of it's in disrepair. Why don't we just adopt it and fix it?" And now, did they pull did, a permit uh, to do the, that? Did they ask the, uh, the the town council if they could they do did. that? They went before the board of selectmen and then informed them what they wanted to do. Uh, really, that surprises me. That I thought they should have gone to the board of selectmen or not, but the board of selectmen loved the idea. Yeah, and uh, you know didn't didn't put any obstacles in the way, and they just started. Uh, or it may have been, I don't know if it was the board of selectmen. It may have been the rec committee. That surprises but, uh, me. I always thought anyway, the Grafton guys were uh, were a bunch of radicals. I guess there's some politicos out there too, huh? Well, you know how it is. In every town, there's all different kinds. It just you know, even in Keene, there's I assume some politicos. Uh, but in Grafton, it's a mix, just a normal mix. And, yeah. Um, we do have the highest percentage of uh, free staters of any town in America now. We're I believe two, it. A little over two percent of the population is free staters. That's, That's got to have some effect on local politics. All right, so yeah. so they've they adopted it. They, the... they started on uh, last Saturday. They they cleared out all the brush and stuff. It's sort of like mm-hmm. a, a little poor man's horse arena. The one guy brought his goats, and they ate some of the grass. <laughs> well, I have to say that one of the things that uh, you can definitely say for sure about the free staters and about liberty activists, uh, liberty activists in New Hampshire is that they are doers, and they will get out there, and they will get into uh, community er- uh, groups, and they will uh, start taking action in, on, on a voluntary basis, volunteering, actually, for groups like, I know that, Dale, you're working at the, the Community Kitchen here in town, which is another local charity, and so it's it's great to hear stuff like that because it's it's uh, events like that, it's activism like that. I don't know if you can even call it activism. I guess it's kind of qualifies as outreach to yeah. some extent. I'm not the outreach. only one doing that either. So yeah, exactly. There's a handful of uh, people that are doing that. I guess it qualifies as activism to some extent. It's important because it builds a positive image with the people in the community because then if somebody goes out and does something really radical, they'll look at you and they'll say, well, you're not radical. You seem like a reasonable guy. Yeah, that's what I say. If I'm being stuffed in the back of a police car... And then, you know, my neighbors know me. Then there, then it's Dale. Like, Dale's getting stuff in the back of a police car. It's not some strange, you know, right. guy from who moved here from another state. You know, and, and I, I think it's also just uh, good to get to know your neighbors because you're going to be living with them a long time. That's true. Uh, I, I intend to anyway. I feel like I'm setting down roots here. Absolutely. So, this is my home. Yep. This is my home now. Dave, so. other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, what's going on with the Ridley Report these days? How are things going for you? Well, that was actually the uh, the last story I did was the Grafton uh, litter cleanup. Uh, no, it wasn't litter cleanup, but it was you know brush cleanup to to, to be preface it prefaces um, painting. Very good. In answer to your question about the really report itself, uh, I'm uh, pretty I'm pretty well on advertisers right now. I think that the recession has finally caught up with me. Time to lower the rates, Dave. <laughs> well, I, I think he did. Lower. He did lower them, I think. Really. 
Yeah, down by about thirty percent. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the business, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of the radio business cutting back twenty percent, that sort of thing. It's, it's tough out All there. Right. But glad you're still doing it regardless, Dave, because a lot of people, I think, value the Ridley Report. I don't know how many contributions you get directly from your listeners, but maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to set up a, a Ridley amp or something like that. Come up with a, a you know, a similar kind of concept for you. Well, my webmaster may be doing something like that, but I always lose track of what he's doing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an over-delegator. Gotcha. Well, keep up the good work. RidleyReport.com is the website. And thank you, Dave. Always good hearing from you. 800-259-9231 for a great window into the world of what's happening on the ground here in New Hampshire. Dave Ridley has got it down. I was just talking to a guy in Texas, uh, you know, potential advertiser. He's like, oh, yeah, I keep track of you guys up in New Hampshire through the Ridley Report. How about that? <laughs> what, wait, 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 wait. Now, how did you find this guy? I mean... Um, the answer to that is a listener, uh, you know, turned me on to the company. Mm-hmm. I talked to the their marketing guy at the company. The marketing guy at the company referred me to another guy, who, um, you know, for something that I had requested as far as information goes. And that's the guy that was, you know, it's just some guy in the Happen company. Stance, huh? Yeah, that's amazing. So there you go, Dave. Lots I mean, of people everywhere re- uh, watching your reports. Th- th- those sorts of people. The product is something that would be sort of liberty oriented, but still. Great. Just find somebody who's watching what's going on here in Texas. It's amazing. I wonder how many eyeballs are on what's happening here in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Grudges, are they even worth holding? Uh, Dale's got some comments in. Your thoughts about anything? Hour 2 coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything as we launch here into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We will continue taking your calls and get a chance to talk about a teenage revenge website as well as grudge grudges i guess those kind of go together let's go first though to matt in illinois on the amp line matt you're on free talk live with ian dale and mark good evening gentlemen hey matt what's on your mind tonight uh yesterday morning i went to testify at my brother's edit uh trial for my brother what was the trial about well what had happened is he and my nephew we were both living at my mom's house for a while, and uh, they got into an altercation. And, so, is uh, the, my, so the nephew is mom, his son, correct? No, no. The nephew is 
the, the son of another brother. Got it. Okay. And uh, so it was his nephew also. Got it. And um, this is an ongoing thing. I, I uh, he, he, my nephew, I didn't see what happened, but my nephew said that my brother choked him. Oh, dear. My brother claims that my nephew pushed him down. And I heard what had gone on that evening. So uh, I had told my brother that I would go and testify on his behalf because uh, my nephew was lying, and I pretty much knew that. Hmm. Um, I know them both. I know them both very well, and I think I'm a good arbiter of who was telling the truth and who was lying. All right. And so you say there's been a history between these two of conflict? Yes, yes right. there has been. And... Um, so what was the trial for? Who was on trial? That night, my nephew called the police, and the police came and arrested my brother. Oh, no. And in my, the rest of my family was just appalled by that action. Everybody oh. else is of the opinion he should never have called the police. I completely agree. I don't get the police involved. If, if you have managed to back uh, people down, if the fight is over, if, it's, uh, if that's that, I see there's no reason. I, th- I think people should use every excuse possible to avoid calling the police. I think it's the most last-ditch uh, effort. I, I think it's a dangerous thing to Seconded. call the police. Seconded. Seconded wholeheartedly. It, it, it is. It was. It should have been in the family. It should have been held within the family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, the 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 um, argument was more or less resolved because my my mother had decided to kick my nephew out of the house mm-hmm. and let my brother stay. Um, and my father has Alzheimer's, so somebody needs to be there to help with my father. Otherwise, uh, my mother would have to send him to a home. Sure. So therefore, that's one of the reasons my brother is staying there. Uh, that's one of the reasons that um, they didn't mind having my nephew there. So uh, what was the charge? Time. He was arrested. What was the charge? Um, I believe battery. Okay. I'm not sure. Either assault or and or battery. So fast forward um, to the trial. Uh, I, I presume that's why you were calling was to tell us something that happened today. Right, right. So the, the first thing that happened is I didn't even realize the trial was going on. I get a call yesterday morning. Matt, you have to come and testify. I'm going, what? I don't get any time? <laughs> I I thought that, you know, um, when witnesses are called for a defense, that the prosecution wants to talk to them before the trial and find out what they know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but no, I didn't get any time. I had to rush up there. It's uh, our drive. I had to rush up there um, and be there within two hours. So uh, that was the first quite upsetting thing. The second thing is is that my nephew had been saying that he wasn't going to show up at court. He's been saying this all along. Nice. And he did. And not only did he show up at court, but apparently his testimony appeared to be well rehearsed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's been lying to the family all along. Uh, basically, long story short, this should have been a family matter. The judge in the case, when all was said and done realized that, said as much, said that my nephew's um, testimony was uh, inconsistent, Mm. used that word, inconsistent, 
but found my brother guilty anyway. <laughs> what? He's Whoa. Got... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be just completely arbitrary in their decisions anyway when it comes down to it. I've watched some trials like that. that but that's, that's the point. That inconsistent. Is, and, and despite my testimony, despite the inconsistencies of my nephew's testimony, despite my brother's testimony, my brother's appearance, and everything else, and, and the fact that these bureaucrats realized that this should have been something kept within the family. The, the judge admonished the prosecution for even going through with this case, and yet he still finds my brother guilty. Found him guilty and issued a fine, right? Amazing. And issued a fine. That was the next point. He oh, I got some money. $150 yeah. fine plus court costs, which we're not sure what they are. Uh, my brother's lawyer said probably around $200. I said, well, that's it. They want their money. Yeah, that's it. Because it's not that hundred and fifty dollars isn't going to the nephew. No, it's not going to the nephew. It's, it's going to the to the uh, county. Yep. Uh, the the court cost is going to the county. So if they were to have found my brother innocent, they would have got nothing. They would have just had to let him go, and that would have been it. Sounds to me like he needs um, to appeal it. So Wait, what know, does that cost? You made the point of the loser pays system. Mm -hmm. If we'd had a loser pays system, my nephew probably never would have gone through with this because he would have realized that if he loses, he's going to have to pay, and it wouldn't have been worth it to take that chance. Yep. I'd say you nailed it, Matt, and I'm sorry that uh, that he called. <laughs> sorry he called the cops. I have to say that for people that uh, that have undesirable elements in their family, people that they do not get along with, just keep them out of your life. There is no reason to help the nephew because he's related to you. He sounds like a scumbag to me. And if it's true that he is, then don't invite him over. Don't bring him to Thanksgiving dinner. Don't do any of that stuff. You have no obligation. I understand that people are uh, in this in this country are raised with this mindset of, oh, it's family, so we have to, you know, just let him walk all over us. No, these are people who I'm sorry to say are nothing more than strangers you happen to be born into close proximity to. They... Right, and with, and, and with that comment that you made, I have to say that although I could see it was breaking my mom's heart, she's 76 years old, and she didn't want to have to do this, but she told my nephew, don't you ever come to my house again. And Good. He deserves it. She has made the threat to disinherit my brother, his, my, my nephew's father, because he played a large role in what happened. That morning, my mother had called my uh, my nephew's dad, my other brother, and my my nephew's dad had assured her that my nephew wasn't going to show up at court. Um, so he lied. He knew. Well, he knew my nephew was going to show up to court. I I, I mean, we need to know for sure. Of, you need to check that for sure. Yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, cop friends and things like that. Uh, he, there's a long history there. Okay. So. Yep. Yep. If he's not around, situation. if he's not around, fights can't happen. He can't call the cops. Uh, keep that right. guy out. He, she's made the absolute right decision to ostracize this person, and it should have probably happened sooner rather than later. But later's better than never. So, uh, thanks for the story tonight, Matt. Any other thoughts? No, that was it. I just thought you'd be interested. Yep. It's an interesting story. Uh, thank you for the call, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Thank you, uh, Matt. 800-259-9231.
Thankfully, I didn't have that kind of family environment where there were people at each other's throats, but I know there are a number of folks that uh, did grow up around that, whether it was in their immediate family or it was the, you know, the, their cousins or, or uh, the sisters. Who knows? There's always one, uh, you know. Yeah. So keep them out of your life. If they're a problem, you don't have to – if, you're, if you're, uh, somebody you're related to is a complete loser and a drain, you don't have to take him into your home when he comes by looking for, for a place to stay. It's a kind of masochism almost, it seems like. Yeah, especially if you, just like that. Yeah, if you know that this guy is no good. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, and they include the chat room. It's open 24 hours a day. Mostly uh, people are in there during the show. Chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. Have you ever thought how great it would be to have a book espousing freedom on the bestsellers list? Do you gag when books chosen by Oprah's Book Club are made into major motion pictures? FreedomBookClub.com invites you to participate in our summer reading event. Go to FreedomBookClub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists and then purchase the book then purchase the book of the month. For uh, new winners are announced every month, freedombookclub.com, making freedom a bestseller. It's freedombookclub.com. All right. We continue taking your calls about what you want. Uh, let's go to Todd in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Todd. Hey, Ian, Dale, Mark, what's up, guys? Todd, what's on your mind tonight? Hey. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news lately, but... As little as possible. About two days ago, um, Obama did try to push his public uh, health care insurance plan. Oh, I did hear... Yeah, uh, the streets of Iran are on fire, and he's pushing his health care plan. Well, anyway, I did hear that ABC was going to be, uh, I guess, partnering up with the Obama White House, and uh, some sort of propaganda special will be coming out. Turning the blue room into the uh, ABC newsroom. Yeah, where he's going to be pushing this whole uh, government-provided health insurance idea. Uh, what's the what's the summary here of this, Todd? Uh, that's but that's basically, as I understand, it, it's going to take Massachusetts' he- uh, little government mandated it's insurance gonna, thing it, it, and blow it's it up. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be a lot like it, and it's not going to be a carbon copy of Canada, not entirely, but it's going to be approximate of it. Basically, he's claiming that it's going to result in over a hundred billion dollars in healthcare savings in over ten years <laughs> within Medicare. That's what he's claiming. And if it doesn't turn uh, out that 100 way, hundred billion over bad. ten years—that's like yep. petty change in the government, For the government isn't yeah. it? Ten billion a year, yeah. It's like when he was cutting—they were going to cut spending, and he, whatever amount he said, well, it was like a, right. a well, billion, problem, a few billion, fifty he's, billion dollars. He's mandating that everybody has to have a health insurance, and if an individual does not have insurance or is not covered or refuses it, yeah, like he can me. face stiff penalties. Yeah, well, I guess I'll get a stiff penalty. Time, yeah, time for an act of civil disobedience. Yep. Yeah, and not only that, uh, he's claiming that, uh, that he, he's going to save, he, he's going to save um, um, you on the costs and everything. Mm, um, oh yeah. And we're talking about 
$200 billion to $300 billion in both Medicare and Medicaid. But let's be honest here. If he tries cutting Medicare and Medicaid services, you're going to have a hell of a number of people from seniors to low-income people. Um, Be very and, upset. And, I'm talking about their special interest groups yeah. going after uh, their congressmen and saying, you know what, we don't want this. Who really believes uh, this anyway? I mean, if if he says, well, $100 billion in savings over 10 years. Well, if it turns out, as you're saying, Mark, that uh, it turns out that's not the case, maybe it right. costs $100 billion more over 10 years, it'll just be, oopsie, well, you know, hey, it's a government. That's just the way <laughs> Make things Make sure you go. pay your taxes, citizen, or we're going to throw your butt in jail. Yeah. You know? And he wants to slap. And not only that, uh, we know that uh, this is his way of trying to slap price controls on private insurers because, let's face it, a lot of Americans hate private insurers, of course, HMOs, and I'm no fan of the private insurance industry, but let's be honest here. If you thought, um, well, yeah, if you thought the private insurers were bad at paying on claims, wait until you get government insurance, because that's what they're talking oh. about doing, right, is a, is a government insurance well, he's program. Claiming, right. He's claiming that he's not trying to run the health care system, but how can that be if he's um, offering this public government option if he's mandating everybody to have health insurance, this is amazing, isn't at the, it? At the threat of a gun on employers, yep, yep. and he's saying, "Well, small business owners are exempt from it." And I'm not even sure how. Oh, that's really? Work. Well, that's because they're that's probably a little claimed. harder to whip into, sh- exactly. into shape. Exactly. I was going to say, what's he going to do to me? Is he going to try and, uh, you know? There's no, I don't have any certain paycheck coming from the same person. Yeah, all if you're the time. not reporting your income to yeah. them, then how are they going to? If they're not, uh, pay, if your paychecks aren't passing through their system as far as your employees getting their taxes, taxes taken out from their paychecks, they have no idea what's going on. They have no way to levy that extra tax in there, like uh, as a punishment for not buying their services. It's well, outrageous. Consider the fact, yeah. Well, consider the fact that. There are about approximately 500,000 AMA licensed physicians in the country and over 300 million Americans. If you do the math, that's not enough Americans in the country to provide health care for every sick person out there. So, I mean, this, this is absolutely insane what Obama wants. And, and, and people will drop out. The, the best doctors, the best nurses, the best uh, health care practitioners in the business will have less incentive to stay in if they're not able to, uh, to make the kind of money that they need to make in order to pay off their college loans and all of the things, the bills that they need to pay because they're running or, their business. Or not go into it in the first place and then, you know, not exactly. keep up with demand. Well, you should have seen Bill Maher on his show last week um, actually complaining about Obama saying that, well, you're not pushing hard enough for health care. Excuse me, Mark. He has been pushing for health care. He's doing it his way, not the way you would like to see it your way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he wants the uh, – Bill Maher wants the one-size-fits-all, full-on government socialized system. Right, which, which is very misleading, single-payer health care, yeah. which really is socialized medicine. But, I mean – But this is a first Obama step. This is – 
He's smart because he knows this is a stepping stone. He knows that if he can get he's, he's the government people up, right? He knows if he can get if he can sell people on like the conservatives or whatever who are really just more status, of course. If he can sell the other side of the aisle with the well, you know, uh, government health insurance, blah blah blah. Look, Mitt Romney did well, it. He's a Republican, right? Uh, you know, then they'll bring that in, and then once everybody's on the government mandated program, it's just a matter of uh, another step before they get to the full single payer system. Dale is uh, slapping on his. Uh, his rubber gloves in here as, a, as, a, as an image for those well, on the webcam. Well, you know, what's really uh, silly about this is that uh, because of all this, well, you're going to have uh, a lot of uh, private insurance companies that may end up going out, um, out of business. And there aren't that many in the first the place. There aren't. Uh, there are hardly any insurers that you can buy from right now. I mean, I was looking into the, into insurance, and there are only two here in New Hampshire, I mean, th- two big players, basically. I'm sure there are some smaller ones, but you're right. If uh, if the, the prices at the private insurers are higher than the subsidized prices the government insurance company is going to offer, then people are going to have a natural incentive to go with the government insurance, taking money Absolutely. that could have gone it's, into the... It's awfully hard to compete against someone who can steal their rates from people. Yep. You're right, Todd. Thanks for the analysis tonight. I appreciate hearing from you and bringing that oh, to the fore. Uh, yes, sir? Just, just, one, just one more thing. Quickly. Uh, Obama was at the AMA tonight, or not, not but a few days ago, yeah, talking about all this. Right. Oh, my God. It was terrible, guys. It was just awful. I believe you. We'll see what happens with it. Thank you, Todd, for the call. I'll tell you, um, the fact is, people, Obama considers him getting elected a mandate to for socialized medicine. One eight hundred two five nine. Not a mandate to get out of the um, get out of uh, these wars, yeah, but a mandate yeah. for socialized medicine. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I saw a great clip from the Daily Show where they compared Obama and Bush and a few things they said about the troops in Iraq. They were almost virtually identical, with the exception of one single word. It was amazing. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Mike. This is Jamie from Wheels Off Liberty inviting you to join us on our weekly podcast about freedom that even two idiot rednecks like us can understand. Take it from the only two hosts that have been gay married, had an Xbox playing pot-induced honeymoon, and then got gay divorced. We believe in liberty for everyone. So join us every week on www.wheelsoffliberty.com for a -a one-of-a-kind take on liberty and freedom. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including live streams, broadband, dial-up, webcam, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, Republic Magazine has uh, become a recent sponsor of the show. We're uh, doing some uh, cross-promotion with them, and I just wanted to read a little bit out of uh, what they've got going here in uh, one of the most recent issues. 100 items likely to disappear first in a calamity. Number one, janitors. Generators? Excuse me, generators, excuse me. Say, what in the hell? What is a janitor? (laughs) You're going to have to clean your own place? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Janitors. (laughs) Number two, water filters and water purifiers. Number three, portable toilets. This sounds like a useful list. Yep, it's 100 items, and uh, you can hear about the other 97 by uh, going to the republicmagazine.com's website. The Republic Magazine? Excuse me, republicmagazine.com website. Got it. 
All right, we'll continue here taking your calls about what you want. It's Zach in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Zach. Hello. Hey, Zach. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I wanted to bring up the uh, House Resolution, H.R. 875. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, I've I got know. them all memorized, man. <laughs> what is it? Oh, uh, that's the Food Safety Act, or they're calling it the Food Modernization Act. And it effectively um, makes genet- uh, organic food and seeds potentially illegal. And it, it, really? they're trying to trying to get rid of the small farmers and the farmers markets. Well, and, that doesn't uh, sound very progressive. I thought the Democrats were supposed to be helping the little guy. Absolutely. Yeah, so and uh basically <laughs> it lets Monsanto take over and feed the whole world on genetically modified seeds. Well, I for one am not scared of uh, genetically modified foods. I happen to like uh the the neat little apples that they're making. They're very tasty. Uh, but but I can understand where you're coming from on this, and I'm with you. I think that any sort of government meddling in the marketplace is a bad idea. We need to have choices, and the marketplace on its own normally allows us a nice wide variety of choices. You can choose to go with the organic food. You can choose to go to you know go with the gen- uh, genetically modified food or whatever happens to be out there. It's up to you, and it's up to the business owners and the consumers to decide. But now the government's going to step in, and they're going to make life a lot more difficult, as I understand it, for the small food providers. Is this also the tracking bill, the one where they're going to mandate that there are all kinds of tracking uh, yeah. equipment that the co- these companies need. Yeah, they're going. Yeah, where they're talking about the RFID chips. Uh, you know, you got yourself a three dollar chicken, uh, but they're going to want you to pay for a twenty dollar chip to put in it. Well, that's not true. It's not going to be twenty dollars. Uh, these chips are very, very small. I'm sure they're being mass produced. Uh, the, these RFID chips are already being put into products, and I can tell you they're not increasing costs. They're being put in so they can decrease costs. So I'm not sure where you heard that one, but it's not really true, from what I understand. Okay, well that's good to know. Yeah, but the, but the but yeah, bill they is are bad going news. To want to track it, and if you buy something from them, of course they're going to they're going to want information on who bought what from you. So if there's a problem, they can get traced back the uh, originator. Yep, and that's going to be one of the most costly parts about uh, this whole process is that, at least for the little guys, big big food companies like you mentioned, uh, Monsanto or, or I think was it uh, is it R.J. Reynolds, the cigarette manufacturer yeah, that owns Tyson's Kraft? also involved with these, the uh, with the big agribusiness. Right, these big well, manufacturers yeah. can easily absorb the cost of putting on the, whatever this new system is, this tracking system that the government's going to require. But if you're a small regional uh, food manufacturer or or a local uh, farm or something like that, this could be a very crippling uh, amount of cost they would have to absorb, and that could be one of the prime reasons why they go out of business. Thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. But what what federal government uh, so-called representative could possibly vote against something that's called the Food Safety Modernization Act? (laughs) Especially if they haven't read it, and they don't read these things. They're ignorant of what it says, and more importantly, all the people out there who might or might not vote for that particular politician don't know anything more than the name. Yep. And like yep. you said, why? how could anyone vote against something like that? No one's going to analyze that. No one's going to read all the crap in that massive bill and figure out that it's actually spectacularly retarded. Right, and then once it gets put in play, then people might figure out that it really, really sucks, and getting something overturned once Good it's in, in play is the most difficult thing. It's... It's, this system we have is just so messed up. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. I mean, if a law is really a good idea, should it be passed through the House and the Senate by simple majorities? I mean, if it's a really good idea, shouldn't it take 
75, 85, 95% of these people to decide that it's a good idea? I mean, really? Seems like a reasonable reform of a bad system. I don't know if that's going to really solve any uh, serious problems. Maybe not in the long term, but it certainly will take a a lot longer for the system to go off the rails. It will never happen because it will not serve the politicians who have to put it into place because they would not be able to make all their deals and everything and and get the the lobbying money for in exchange for our tax dollars that they do all the time. I absolutely concur with that. And and in order to get it to happen, it would take a a constitutional convention to to change something like that. And, I mean, we know what would happen if there was a constitutional convention. I'm just saying that the system stinks. That's why I am of the opinion that that there is no such thing as a small government, because government serves itself by its very nature. It, there's no reason for it. It, wouldn't, it doesn't serve government for it to be small. So. Right. Well, if there was a small government out there, I'm sure we could point to one and say, look, see, these yeah. guys have managed to keep their government small. We should do what they're doing. And, I, and, and, and I wouldn't expect it to get small. Yeah. I, I, it not, it's not the nature of it. I, I, you know, it's like it's huge government or no government. That's all there's to it. <laughs> Toll free number 800-259-9231. So uh, let's talk about grudges. Dale, you had something you wanted to say just generally on that topic. Is that right? Yeah, I, I don't think a grudge is always a bad thing. It, it's kind of seen as being a bad thing. Like, oh, you're holding a grudge against someone. Well, what, what if it's well earned, you know? What if someone deserves to, you know, what if someone does not deserve to be forgiven or has not yet earned being forgiven or however you want to look at it? And what if you're better off just not making up? Yeah, well, I don't know if you know, does, and, and does forgiveness necessarily entail making up. Uh, can you can you you for- can forgive someone, but that may not necessarily mean like you can forgive someone. It's good for you know it doesn't do any good to be hold anger against someone. Yeah. I think you should let go of that, but that doesn't necessarily. You talked about family members who mm-hmm. are a, a drain on you, and that's a really good example because those are some that those are the people that everyone feels like we have an obligation. Uh, because of our yes. culture, we feel like we have an obligation to family members. But if it's harmful for you to be with that person, maybe because they're abusive, even if it's just emotionally abusive, it still tears, wears on you, and it's draining on you. If someone's constantly putting you down, for mm-hmm. instance, or if they're belittling you and things like that, then that's probably a, a, relationship, you, a relationship you don't want to continue. Now, that doesn't mean that you are punishing the person or that you uh, are necessarily retaining anger against the person right but what you are doing is saying this isn't just isn't a good relationship it's not for, for me. me yeah maybe your personalities just aren't compatible i need to do what's right for me and that is uh, seek people that i am more compatible right. with you know i i have to entirely agree with this um you know you were we're taught essentially that uh, good people forgive good people compromise um, and, you know, there's some cases we can all think of that person in our life who, you know, it's just a it, it was it was a bad idea that I hang out, hung out with them, period. And it's it was a bad idea that I continued to hang out with them. And I, sh- you know, as far as forgiveness goes, yes, forgiveness from the standpoint of not harboring any negative feelings towards that Correct. person's good. That's just going to eat you up inside. Right. <laughs> because animosity doesn't do anything to the person that you feel animosity towards. Correct. It only does something towards you. But at the same time, there are people you shouldn't hang out with. They're bad news either for you or they're bad news in general. Some relationships have a tendency to be just bad together. People just are, just create a bad relationship mm-hmm. together, and, and they shouldn't hang out. I'm not saying that individually those people are bad people, uh, but 
you know, I, there are such thing I feel as bad people in this world. At least the way that they've they've come up with come up with dealing with uh, people in general. If those you people know. believe that the best way to deal with people is lying or threats, or and I'm not talking about anybody in general. Please don't interpret it that way. Uh, I, right. It just if somebody thinks that lying is the best way to get along in this life, those aren't people you should be hanging out with. Yeah, and I think I found that like when I when I'm when I was younger, I had a lot more patience for people and trying to forgive people and everything. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, my patience wore thin or a lot thinner than it was when I was younger. I feel I yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I still feel like I might be a little bit too patient. Uh, I tend to be pretty forgiving uh, as far as well. Let's get into more of this here in moments. Your thoughts. Uh, it's free talk live. Alakees.com is a community for self learners. At Alakees. You'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alekees at a l e k e s e dot com. Again, that's a l e k e s e dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark will be returning in moments. 800-259-9231. Uh, that number is uh, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And SACL CAI is the company you need if you need to try something new in the area of collections. SACL CAI not only does collections, they also do early outbilling and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, see their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. Uh, so just briefly, a little more discussion on the uh, the idea of forgiveness and uh, ostracism as far as uh, holding a grudge. Should should somebody hold a grudge? Basically, I think we've all uh, agreed that grudges shouldn't be held, but that doesn't mean that you should keep bringing someone who's trouble back into your life. Right. That's a good. That's a. I really uh, using the word grudge is probably a little misleading. Cause... Well, it's it's easy to mix them up. I mean, I after the discussion used the term. Uh, I, I used the term forgiveness when what I meant was keeping on giving people chances. I think there's a difference between being forgiving and and just keep uh, continuing the same behavior that allowed their behavior in the first place. If if you don't get along with somebody. And they screw something up again, and you you say, well, uh, I've almost had enough. If you do it one more time, and you give them the opportunity, and they do it again, and then you let them do it one more time, and now one you're more time, enabling. and one more time. Yeah, yeah, you haven't changed the situation. They say they're going to change, but they aren't. So then, at that point, the question becomes, how many chances is appropriate to give somebody to start doing the right thing and behaving in a way that is uh, is appropriate before you decide to put them on ostracize and get them out of your life. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe sometimes just seeing progress, <laughs> just seeing yes. some kind of progress, you know, oh, well, okay, they're, they're not as bad as the last time, maybe. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with that, and I also <laughs> agree that uh, I've gotten a little less tolerant of it over the years. Yeah, there's no doubt. As I've gotten older, I I am, I will, it, it, I can tell when it's not best for me to have a certain person uh, in my life, and uh, whereas when I was younger, I would just you know you keep it keep it going however forever if you felt like you know. Yep, you know there's some people out there that uh, uh, yeah um that they, it seems like they go through these cycles where 
you know, one minute they want to be, they want to act out, and then the next minute they want to be friends again, and, uh, you know, it, it, the cycle goes on and on and on, and I, you know, I'd, I personally don't need that in my life. Yep. If you want to share your story about how it is that you successfully ostracized somebody that was causing trouble, by all means, 800-259-9231. Or maybe you've got the other side of the uh, the coin, and that is that you gave somebody enough chances and they actually did turn around. They, you did see a miraculous uh, change in their in their personality. How often does that happen? 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your I, calls. Yes. I wonder what ostracized... You know, what when is the word ostracize appropriate to use? I mean, I guess you could do it in degrees, right? Sure. Okay, so I guess it's. I, I was just kind of curious. Like uh, sometimes I feel a little bit dramatic to use the word ostracism. I know it's very popular in libertarian circles, but you know. Yeah, but, I guess it it all depends. I mean, it could be just a matter of uh, not talking to a person or making a concerted effort to not even be around that person. I think um, if it's related to business dealings, like let's say somebody didn't pay for a service and this was a recurring problem with them and. And then some people might just say, well, I'm just not going to do business with that person because I don't want to risk it, you know, or Or they might just say only if it's cash, you know, pay me right now and I'll do business with you, but Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it on loan or just depends on how reliable they are. Sometimes it's personal ostracism. Yeah, or uh, you know, take it to the next step. As far as on the in the business world is concerned, you can uh, you can either just do cash or not do business with them at all, or you can go to the next step and encourage others to not do business. Right? You right. Can, you can ostracize personally, and you can uh, you can reach out to others and say, well, here's why I'm not doing business with so and so. Post it publicly in the hopes that the public exposure will with as much actual them. hard evidence as you can possibly get of course because yeah. that's you know otherwise you'll look bad yeah look you're like, bad well, i'm just yeah exactly let's go to your calls about whatever you want ziggy is in the uk across the pond you're on free talk live hello ziggy hi guys right you want some example of small government which works yeah go ahead switzerland i'm no expert switzerland is a small government Fairly small, yeah. Well, I, I guess I as far as size comparison uh, to the U.S., it's probably smaller. But what about per capita? What about uh, government spending? They don't spend a lot on their navy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have one? Right. Ian, Ian's the only one on the, 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 it, on the line. It's Switzerland the that requires... <laughs> it's landlocked, doofus. Switzerland requires every every male above a certain <laughs> age to own a gun. Is that correct? And they issue uh, yeah. government, they issue government uh, uh, no, ammunition and... What I've been led to believe is if you own a home, you uh, have to have an assault rifle. Hmm. Okay. Because um, they issue you one, I think, and they also issue you some government ammunition that you're not supposed to open in case of uh, – you, you save it in case there's an actual crisis that requires uh, – you know, with the, you know, the government then says, okay, you need to fight, and you pull out the government ammunition. And but don't they I have – don't they have, and that's that's not a desirable thing either. I mean, yes, you no. can use that to point out that having an armed society uh, does have some real benefits as far as safety is concerned, but that's essentially conscripting every homeowner. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, I was pointing out that it's, that it's actually kind of, intru- it's rather intrusive to yes. then say, you know, they're spending tax money on all of that, and they're requiring everyone to essentially be, to some extent, or it's a, it's a type of draft. Really. Well, don't they have so-called progressive taxation in Switzerland? You know, eighty, ninety, something percent uh, tax brackets. Do that? Don't they have that over there? I thought it was no, quite tax high. Is, tax in Switzerland's pre, uh, pretty low. Really? But I'm not an expert. I have been to Switzerland, and I have known people who have, you know, known people from Switzerland. If, if you know what I mean. I mean, the thing is, the actual government's smaller, but the drawback is they have a um, a system of direct democracy, um, where every Sunday, if uh, enough people sign a petition, 
people go and vote on whether such and such should become a law. Oh, good. Every Sunday? Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's quite a bit of uh, time you have to dedicate to governmental activities. Sounds awful. Um, but saying that, I mean, that's how um, heroin became uh, le- legal for doctors to prescribe. All right, Zig. Well, uh, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from I'll look you. I'll mo- look into Switzerland you know, I, more thoroughly. I would be curious if, uh, if there are any callers who know this. I, I know Swiss is, Switzerland is uh, famous for having very um, private bank accounts. You yes. know, you can you can get a bank account with Switzerland, and it's kind of no questions. Hasn't asked. that changed recently? That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I had read something that in the about US, Switzerland. Yeah, I think the U.S. government came in and, and basically threatened those banks or something uh, like that. I don't I don't recall all of the details there. Uh, but I, if you know more, call us uh, call us up at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, that's the toll free number. You can bring up anything. Uh, teen revenge. That story is uh, still on the way here. And uh, before we get to that, a quick question from Brandon in the email box. I'm from a state with a large nuclear stockpile, and I was wondering, how would the federal government and the U.S. people react to a state like this seceding? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a short one, but a tough one, I have to say. How, how do you deal with that? Which, which state again? A state with a large nuclear stockpile. Oh. How would that work? With Isn't the stockpile actually owned by the federal government, though? I have to say, you know, what's the reaction going to be like? I, I have to say that uh, whatever's in your state, for instance, I was listening to uh, a little clip from what's the uh, the show um, with uh, the show? I don't know. The, the Colbert Report, the one, the other one. Uh, Stuart Show, uh, D- Daily Show. Daily Show, yes. I was well, listening Stewart. to a clip about uh, Long Island seceding. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> you should go see Lo- Long Island seceding from New York. It's hilarious. It's great. The, the, all that being said, um, they were sort of uh, one of the senators from Long a state senator from Long Island, who would have been able to be a, like a real senator in, in the United States uh, government, um, would was talking about some of the disadvantages. Well, we'd have to pay for all the state roads in Long Island. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. The Long Island, the people of Long Island pay a dis- desperate amount of, um, you know, more taxes than anybody else in New York because of, you know, the wealth and population or whatever. They've already bought those roads. They don't need to give them back. I'd say, let's call it Nevada, um, has, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you know, Nevada, I think is by and large owned by the federal government. I, th- I feel that the, the the people of Nevada have paid in enough taxes to buy whatever it is that's in their state, um, and they ought to... Uh, they, they ought, it's it's theirs to keep. So if Nevada secedes, God bless them. Good luck. Um, but I think that the way to probably solve that problem is for the Nevadians, Nevadians, Nevadies. I think it's Nevadians, Nevadiacs. They ahead. ought to um, give. They just should tell the the U.S. government, "Here's your nukes. Come get your nukes." Yeah, but what if they don't have anywhere to put them? Are we Who, actually talking they? about nuclear weapons or just nuclear materials? Like, you know, nuclear stockpile, I believe. Okay. I think that's the weapons weapons but that's stored. what I originally interpreted it to mean. Yeah. I was just curious if he meant there are perhaps some I nuclear uh, power plants and things that have nuclear material, but it would have to be altered and refined and stuff. I, I suspect um, that the nuclear weapons, the ICBMs, are kept in states. So if states were to succeed, that's going to be an issue. And it's yeah. one that we had not uh, thought of. It seems easily resolved, though. They just. Well, no, I don't know how hard it is to move those things. I'm yeah, sure it's I don't quite a either. deal. That's I don't fun. either. What about the military bases, uh, all, all the equipment? Good question. I don't have an answer. If you do, would love to hear it. 800-259-9231. I'd like to say dismantle the damn things. I mean, that would be the best answer. More on the way. That's Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 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 The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial the toll free number 800 259 9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out uh, this hour by talking, well, first to you if you make your uh, make a call. But otherwise, Mark, you've got a story about teenagers and a website involving revenge. Teenagers getting revenge on one another? Yeah, this is what, just, what is this? It's really nutty. First off, it, uh, it comes out of Australia, so it gives you some idea that there's different laws as far as freedom of speech, and I don't know all the specifics. Oh, speaking of other countries, uh, before we get, get into that, Ziggy yeah. had called last hour to claim that the Switzerland government was smaller as far as a by a GDP comparison than the U.S. government. And according to Wikipedia, take that for what it's worth, uh, they they did. There's a citation for this. They have a list of all of the countries in the world, and their total tax revenue is a percentage of the gross domestic product. Okay. So looking at that list, and they have three different sources, but the the first one is the one that's most filled in. Uh, the they claim that Switzerland takes 30.1 percent in tax revenue as far as gross uh, compared to gross domestic product whereas the US it's 28.2%. Let's so. not forget that in the US you have um, a higher load in that I don't know what the Swiss cities do but there aren't Swiss states. So if you're um yeah. If so you, if you get a city tax and a right. state a state right. tax. Are they just considering federal taxes? Is that the idea? Right. They're considering federal taxes. And in this country where I think there are only like four or five or six states out of 50 that don't have an income tax, you have to take that in consideration. Well, and the ones that don't have income tax have other taxes. And also, I really hate when people get too hung up on income tax. It's just one little way that we're taxed. It's, what about regulation? I should say little, but, you know. Uh, absolutely yeah. true. You can't even calculate that one. That, you know, I mean, I can see if if they have a, the, the more uh, rigorous democratic system there than uh, we do here, I see some advantages and some disadvantages to that. I've, I, for one, have a problem with democracy. If 51% of the people can vote for something, there's certainly a time in this nation when 51% of the people thought it was a good idea to own slaves. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, 51% doesn't mean anything necessarily good just because 51% of the people want it. I mean, at that point, 51% of people could say, hey, let's get all of our tax revenue from the 49% uh, of most wealthy people in the country. I didn't, I didn't want to derail things too yeah. much, uh, but I just wanted to point out that just by that number, Ziggy was not correct. Well, um, uh, there's also uh, but I, something I hear that Switzerland uh, has a complex federalistic 
political structure, the Swiss tax system is very simple and the fiscal administration rather efficient. Uh, you know, it's, whatever that means. Well, it's right comparative to uh, d- d- Democrat. You know, comparative to countries all over the earth, perhaps it's a little more efficient. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, so uh, teenagers, revenge, Australian website. I hear Liechtenstein's a little better. Okay. Okay, let me go on here from news.com.au. The call to shut down teen revenge website. The man behind a vicious website used by cowards to harass... (laughs) It's not a biased article or anything from the Herald Sun. (laughs) (laughs) To harass Victorian teenage girls, and these Victorian... Teenage girls live in Victoria. They're not from... Oh, I was going to say, did they dress as uh, Victorian age women? I knew that was going to be your... You were going to get confused. That's what immediately when I heard that, I thought they had umbrellas and really frilly things. Mm -hmm. He has dared the authorities to take action. Melton, website designer Andrew Pallant, claims his site, which has more than 1,300 posts. Ooh-wee. How many do we have on B- the BBS? 450,000? Okay, 1,300 posts containing unsubstantiated, often vulgar allegations is designed to protect the freedom of speech. It's a good thing. It's a good thing he's out there with this tiny little website protecting the freedom of speech. Hey, good for him. <laughs> the site, which has been operating for more than a year despite repeated complaints, invites people to vent their fury uh, about anyone from ex-girlfriends to teachers to police and police informants, the Herald okay. Sun reports. People get mad. Let them vent. There's the a lot of uh, there's there's violence, threats of violence on this site. Oh no, a lot of it. Okay, just, just saying. Many of the victims are teenage girls who have had their name, photo, and phone numbers posted, accompanied by invitations to bombard them with abusive phone calls and text messages, mm. or ask them for sex. So it's the equivalent of bathroom, uh, you know, writing on walls and things or like that. Or a good time call. Yeah, and it's it's. You lo- mean those aren't? Wait a minute. You mean those aren't really horny horny guys that uh, that write those? Um, you mean there aren't uh, writing about girls that uh, would likely be compliant? Right, right. You're saying that there are a lot of a lot of those are cranks, basically somebody writing someone else's phone number up there. Yeah, likely that it's not even a girl's number if it's on a bathroom wall. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Or you're telling a, me they're not horny guys. Or or it's a girl that some guy's mad at. Right. One of those two. So anyway. Have you ever called one of those numbers, Mark? Never. <laughs> Mr. Pallant posts the site, which has Dale, caused... have you ever called no. one? No. Okay. <laughs> which has caused chaos in Western Victoria. It gets about 3,000 hits a month. It's gonna. It's just about to get a lot more. Although... What was it called? Um, just a second. It okay. said... Pal- they, Pal- they called it Pallant, um, but I don't know. That's his name. Um, hmm. It's it, Melton. I don't know. Melton? Melton? That sounds like a name, too. Melton Website like Designer. Thing. Maybe that's the name of the uh, the city. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I, so they're not giving the URL in the article. Our, our uh, listeners will have it by the time I'm done with the story. Probably. Yes. Although police have received com- complaints from parents and victims, they are powerless to prosecute Mr. Pallant or to close down the site. Victoria mm. police do not have any authority to take any blanket action against the type of site, regardless of the location of the server. Um, said the uh, head of Victoria's Police E-Crime Squad. Well, maybe they will soon. I mean, if that were in Canada, they might very well be able to shut that website down. And, of course, there's there's been a lot of talk here in America about stopping so-called hate crimes. And uh, the CBS, one of the CBS reporters recently called for a ban, uh, or essentially to round up people that engage in so-called hate speech on the Internet. And I imagine it's, that a lot of the speech that you would read on this website could be classified as hatred. Isn't, a, isn't the term cyberbullying? Yep. I there hear that a term. lot. And it sounds like some of the things that they're describing... I mean, this sounds bad when you give someone's phone number out and say, call this person and harass them because they broke up with me yep. or something like that. 
But uh, I think a lot of the cyber bullying that they're talking about is just hurting people's feelings online. And can you imagine the FTL BBS? (laughs) Oh, my God. They cracked down on it for cyber bullying. Everybody's going to jail. I think that threats of violence, I personally believe that that's where the one, um, one draws the line. I believe that it's a crime to threaten somebody with violence. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't host that on my site. But he is. Is yeah. it a crime to host it? Uh, host it? I don't know. Is it a crime to say it? Do you support uh, the police going after people who say it online? That I have a real tough time with with that issue, right? Because if somebody just says something, nothing has actually occurred. Yeah, you could say that. Well, you've caused uh, psychic distress or whatever mental uh, disorder. Uh, that uh, th- that you're concerned and that's affecting your lifestyle and and all that and maybe you it have a of freedom. Well, there's the issue of of how sincere the threat is, and yeah. that's that's a complicated that's issue. A that complicated has to be issue. I agree. Uh, there's certainly, I think, people just say something in in an emotional moment. Sure. That everyone knows. Oh, I'm gonna kill you for that, and you you kind of you everyone pretty much knows that's. Nothing. But that's where the arbitration, I think, should come yeah, in. Yeah, you to have decide to figure that out because a sincere threat needs to be dealt with, I think. I mean, if, you, I mean, if there is some, some reasonable chance of it being a sincere threat, then but how know, do at, you what deal point, with that? at what point do you, is it okay to defend yourself? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if somebody says that they're going to kill me and then I react uh, as a result of them doing that and, you know, in some way defend myself and then harm that person, who's at fault? Well, it can it be depends. very complicated. Well, right. and that's, that's why very, I say very, very I think it could be also could be just used as an excuse. Oh, he said he was going to kill me and, and, you know. And anyone who heard yeah, it might I, go, oh, he it was an emotion. It was, you know, it's, it's almost, it's something that people say, you obviously have, not meaning it literally. You'd have to be able angry. to prove your case. I mean, you'd have to be able to prove that so and so saying what they said was in actual, in reality, a real threat that that had some uh, some some leverage to it, if you will, or some legitimacy. How you would prove that, I don't know. And one thing I can say for sure, though, is the government system is a one-size-fits-all system, and it doesn't really have the ability to look at the, the various different aspects. I would not aspects. trust them to resolve those sorts of disputes. Absolutely at all. not. I would I would much rather see private uh, courts. Resolving those sorts of things, they would be accountable. They would use much more restraint than a, than a than a government court. Would and they do. would be able to take all of the factors into account and make a decision based on what was being presented. And I don't know what those decisions would be. I don't know would you deserve restitution uh, if somebody had threatened you? And is it a significant difference between threatening someone over the uh, over an email versus in person? I think so, but maybe not. Uh, it's hard to say how the marketplace would respond to that. But I certainly, uh, like you, Dale, do not trust the government to solve this problem. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website. We've got uh, updates. You get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Free audiobooks. Audiblepodcast.com has them. They've got 60,000 audiobooks. You can try out anything that you that's on there. I mean, there's 60,000 books. There's pretty much everything that's out there on the, the bestsellers list these days. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Try it out today. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. 
And we continue here, 800-259-9231. So, Mark, there's a website in Australia where teenagers are posting angry messages, uh, very vindictive toward one another. You broke up with a girlfriend. They are posting the girlfriend's home address and telephone number and encouraging people to prank call and do awful things. Apparently there are uh, threats of violence on here, people calling for the website to be shut down, the police saying, sorry, we can't do it. Can't do it. Freedom of speech, baby. Uh, Apparently they have freedom of speech there in Australia, which I, I think is good news. And I think that when you've got freedom of speech, you have issues like this. You have nastiness. You have the KKK. You have the uh, the Black Panthers. You have uh, these uh, the hatred websites, if you will. And that's what you need to have. It needs you, to be have out there. Freedom of speech. Some, uh, uh, the only way to have freedom of speech, you have to put up with unpopular speech. It's and the not more gonna... unpopular, you know. It's not going to go away if you ban it. People aren't going to stop hating because you've made it illegal it to hate. It reduces some of the volume, at least for a while. If you're, if you are, I, I, and I think it might actually just raise all the drama about it, around it. But I think that also it's important to focus on who did something bad. If the website itself is not what's bad. Uh, if someone on there makes a real threat of violence that, that actually seems like a sincere threat, that's possibly something... Yeah, that that's warranted warrants an investigation. What if it's an what if you it's a, an anonymous person that you can't identify and you want well, to get, then get what can you do about that anyway? I yeah. mean, I'm sorry. This is you know this is one of those things where it's like, you know, that doesn't. What does it do? I mean, now you know more than you knew before they posted it anonymously. If they were just going to go do something violent, you wouldn't yeah. have known anything. It was, so you those know, are the people you got to be concerned about anyway. Really, the ones that aren't going to say anything. I think that that's large, by and large, true. But uh, you know, I I think that there's, you know, if people are th- posting threats of violence on the internet, I find that to be a problem. Let me go on with the article. Oh, there's more? Okay. Much more. Well, I don't know if we have time for it, but if... Cobden, father of four, Peter Muffet, whose 15-year-old daughter has been abused on the site, whatever abused means, said many teenagers had been defamed. I'm wild as a meat axe about it, and it's got to be dealt with one way or the other, said Mr. Murphit. If the police can't deal with it, then it will be dealt with in another way, and nobody wants that. That sounds like a threat. These clowns <laughs> need to be stopped. So what's he going to do? Go attack the webmaster? I don't know. See, I think this is it. You know, you part, you talked Maybe about the anonymous. Maybe he's talking about ostracism, Ian. I mean, you're just jumping yeah. to a conclusion here. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it sounded like a threat to me. I, <laughs> these people are threatening violence, Ian. How come you're jumping down Mr. Murphy's throat for something that could mean anything? Just saying what it sounded like. That's all. He's criticizing people for for saying threatening things, and he comes back with what sounded like a threat. Sounds a little That's hypocritical, doesn't somebody, it? That's <laughs> because if somebody threatens me with violence, it's possible I might use violence as a... Well, he's, as a it sounds very vague, though, the way he's doing it. He's not like it saying, this person threatened my daughter, and I'm going to go find out. I mean, I would, I would probably sympathize with him. It but, sounded to but, me like he was angry at the website. Yeah. Not the individuals who are threatened. He's talking well, about and these clowns. And it also it, it reminds me, you know, you mentioned anonymous people on there posting, and which is what in the heck can you do about that? And I think people, uh, this people, people will flail. They will just. We've got to do something. Yes. Let's spend some tax money on this. Yeah. <laughs> we and, need you a know, new it doesn't mean it's going to do anything. You know, yeah. and, and the program <laughs> could fail repeatedly, and that means spend more money on it. You know, I mean, people, you know, and politicians will do something. I remember the Simpsons, they had a bear tax one time. The bear came into town one time. One time, uh, first time it ever happened in a hundred years, bear comes into town and wreaked a little havoc. They, you know, put it, you know, knocked it out, took it away. 
And they're like, everyone's like, we got to do something, we got to do something. So they they started a bear tax, and then you know, six months later, still no bears, so right. it must be working, you know. And people, they just exactly. have to do something. Politicians will do something. They will look busy yeah. and get tax money and drain money from the free economy, and people will just get into a tizzy to do something, and it just won't be any good. Well, um, I I think that it needs to be you know said here that this you know does cause problems, and I think he this, I think in a, a town this size, and I think this is a smaller town from what I can tell, that you know as far as people go, um, as far as the webmaster goes, I'd just tell him I wouldn't do business with him at all. That's a way to that's you know? a way to handle it. And but when you when you get that kind of animosity going, I think that some people will probably egg his house and do all kinds of things beyond that. Egg the webmaster's house or the yeah, guy that was... my guess. Who knows. I, not that I would say that that's a pro, an appropriate response. I'm not saying it would be either, either but I mean, but you know, it's a reality. Would, would you right? I mean, if you're this guy and people feel threatened by your the the postings on your website and can't find any other face but your face, mm-hmm. you know, in a relatively small town, how comfortable are you going to be walking down the street at night? Not very. It's it's just you know I don't I don't know anything else but here's a uh, another Cobden teenager says uh, teenager who was asked not to be named said she'd been bombarded with hundreds of explicit text messages and was scared to leave her house after her contact Jeez. deals were uh, d- details were posted. Kind of stinks. It is. It yeah, really it stinks. That's the kind of thing I would moderate. Someone posting personal information. Uh, unless it's a public official, where their information's you know pretty <laughs> yeah. much public anyway, and you're just letting people know. Oh, right. by the way, their contact information is on their website at this public office where they're decided to start screwing you over in some way with their government powers, and then you post their information. That's totally acceptable because they put themselves in that position. But, right. but you know, but you know, posting someone's contact info is the kind of thing I would moderate. And but you you aren't running this from. forum. No, uh, the right. guy running this forum is encouraging this kind of behavior. The purpose of the forum is to. Stir it up, right? Yep. He says, uh, I'm not responsible. The person who wrote that uh, stuff is responsible. He's right about that. I didn't yeah. put the pen in someone's hand, and uh, the police say they're powerless to do anything about it. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Keith is in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Keith. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say real quick that um, Dale is one of my favorite co-hosts. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about pork fest. The Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up starting on the 25th. That's this coming Thursday. You're going to tell them about my pancake breakfast on Tuesday morning, right? Um, No. Can you tell them about that right now? Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. What's on your mind, Keith? Go ahead. um, You know, the Free State Project, a private organization, but we also like freedom of speech and the freedom of religion. So there will be some religious gatherings of various religions, including a Christian gathering, a Jewish gathering, and the part that I'm especially happy about, a Quaker gathering. Is this a first for the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Were there ever Quaker gatherings? This is. You're absolutely right. This is a first. We've never had a Quaker gathering before. I know that there were atheist gatherings in the past, uh, so this will be different. And, and Keith, you've never been to a Quaker thing before, have you? I'm not at liberty to discuss that will right you, now. Will you be attending the However, Quaker gathering? The um, Quaker gathering will be on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning. Yes. I will not be there. I will be in Florida. You're not going to the the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Oh, the next Sunday. I'm sorry. I'm confused now. I was thinking it was the Sunday before Porcupine Freedom Festival. You changed uh, your plans quite abruptly there. Yes, Mark, you are going away tomorrow. I won't be there on the Sunday before either. (laughs) Yeah, Mark is uh, is going away tomorrow for the next few days. So a variety of activities available. Keith, I don't know if you have more. So hang on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, you and I and a handful of other uh, liberty activists went to the local 
Quaker meeting of friends. Is that what they're called? Yep. Meeting of, gathering of friends? Meeting of friends? Yeah, it was very interesting. More on I the like way. It. You can bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. Free Talk Live, you bring up anything, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give uh, give away to you, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki, with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything you see, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we continue, Keith is still on the line in New Hampshire. I had something else to share with us, so go ahead, Keith. Yeah, actually, I'm very disturbed by what I just heard. Is it true that Mark will not be at Porkfest? No. no he's <laughs> I was confused up. by, uh, I, I, I'm going to Florida for this weekend, and I will be at Porkfest for the Quaker meeting and the entire you know, event. Oh, cool, cool. So oh, you're leaving t- tomorrow. God. Thank God. Okay, so I just wanted to, um, yeah, people should check out the website. It has the full schedule, um, freestateproject.org. Very good. Thanks, Keith, for the call tonight. We'll see you at Porkfest, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark is going to be taking a few days off. Uh, so our wonderful co-host will be sitting in the secondary seat. I think Sam's in tomorrow night. I believe Julia will be in on Saturday, Gardner Monday, and then I think Nick and Toby are coming in on Tuesday night. So we'll have a uh, a full Free Minds TV hosts uh, crew on Tuesday night. So, so who's going to sit in with Julia on Saturday? Just me and Julia. Oh, you're going to ruin it. Oh, come on now. We have fun together, Julia and I. It's a nice little couples thing to do. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. She's so good with Gardner. Yeah, she was great with Gardner. I agree with that. Uh, anyway, let's continue here. You can call in about anything. Otherwise, we'll talk about things interesting to us. Now, this is old news for our West Virginia listeners. Uh, WVTS uh, listeners are on board for the third hour of our weekday program. So uh, if you guys have any comments on this, you're certainly welcome to, to chime in at 800-259-9231. But the West Virginia legislature, according to the newspaper.com, has concluded... That ticket quotas exist. The West, this has been a subject of debate for a long time. And a lot of the cops will claim, oh, no, no, no. There's no quotas. No, no. We're just doing our job. We get to call them liars now? Well, at least in West Virginia, where the legislative auditor announced recently that a performance review of the West Virginia State Police found significant evidence that the agency imposes traffic ticket quotas to boost the number of citations issued. And, of course, if you boost the number of citations, that means that you boost the 
the revenue, the, re- the amount of cash coming into the, the to the department. Right. It's Absolutely. so obvious, um, and I mean, anybody who takes a moment to look at this will realize that this is just a revenue generating mechanism that they have. What are you uh, talking about? It's about is, safety. Which is, is really kind safety. words. Calling it revenue generation is right. really actually being kind. It's yeah. about stealing. theft. Armed, uh, armed uh, highway know, robbery. Yeah, literally. really. That's what it is. <laughs> highway robbery. If if in fact the fines were about safety then they would allow you to pick from a, a long list of uh, approved not-for-profits that you could donate the money to. But no, they don't do that. They say give it to the state, to the bureaucrats, who are going to use it in a far less efficient fashion. They'll retire on it. That's what they'll do with it. Nearly, all, uh, nearly a third of all troopers involved in patrol duty statewide told the auditors that troopers are punished if they fail to generate a specific number of citations each month. In Troop 4, one of the six surveyed, 55% of the law enforcement officers admitted that they were under a ticket quota. 55% admitted it. The auditor confirmed this admission with documents, including a memo from troop commanders that ordered supervisors to impose the quota. The handwritten memo stated, effective immediately, anyone who does not have 100 minimum contacts in the highlighted areas should be given a performance appraisal at the end of the month or before if you see they aren't producing. 100 minimum per uh, What's a contact? I mean, contacts, a, meaning you, you pull somebody over. Well, so you could pull people over and then only issue warnings. The emphasis on contacts, in in effect, directed patrols away from rural areas and onto the highest volume roads to that issue as sense. many speeding tickets as possible. Uh, here is the deal on our activity. A murder investigation is worth one point, and so is one citation. So if they want numbers up, they'll tell you to go out and write citations, a trooper told the state auditors, anonymously, of course. It all looks good on the outside. My goal a month is 50 contacts. Other troops are requiring 100. That's, you know, three per day if they're working every single day, and they're not. Well, so three... Um, I, I, I don't know how many days of, let's, they're working. It's a 30-day month. Uh, let's say they're on for 20 of them. Um, so 100 of those, five contacts a day. Doesn't they normally seem, work like 10, 12-hour days or something like I, that? I don't know what their uh, schedule is. I'm just coming up with some numbers yeah. that are easy to work with here. Um, I wouldn't think that it would be too difficult to find five speeders in a day. I think they work. I think they work four ten-hour days. Is is usually how they work it. Plus, then they get overtime. So it would be four days per week for uh, sixteen days. You know, sixteen, eighteen days a month or something like that would be what they're working. Uh, so this concern was supported by statistics that showed the number of investigations and arrests for misdemeanors and felonies remained relatively static from 2003 to 2006. Yet over the same period, traffic citations grew sharply year after year. Despite the increase in ticketing, the rate of fatal road accidents did not change significantly. Oh, now that's an interesting uh, uh, reveal, isn't it? Yeah. That if they claim... It's not really surprising one, though. I mean, most no, of the, it's not. The, most of the people they're pulling over and getting tickets to were not really driving unsafely. It was all yep. contrived. Well, uh, one of our Someone friends... Someone rolled, a, you know, slowed down at a stop sign. It was clear as far as they could see, yep. and they yep. kept going, and they got a ticket for well, it. That they sounds weren't going like, to hit anyone. That sounds like what happened the other night here in New Hampshire on the way back from, I think it was uh, the movie night here in the Keene, uh, the Keene area. Mike Barsky, also known as Cop Bait, uh, Mike Cop Bait Barsky, <laughs> was pulled over again and this time it sounded like one of those situations where he had rolled through a stoplight basically that was there's nobody around you're on the uh, way back every from single New night Hampshire. yeah every single night coming back from there there's not a car in sight except for us right you know leaving and going back to, to king so he used his own judgment I'm, I'm i'm retelling the story based on his pork 411 call up here in new hampshire we've got a phone number that we can call if there's something happening we want to get the word out about so he called as the cop was was pulling him over and recorded some of the scene 
and basically told the cop, look, I wasn't endangering anybody. I was driving safely. And, of course, she disagreed, issued a ticket. And I doubt Mike's going to pay because that's something that the activists have been pretty good at as far as a consistent civil disobedience up here of whenever the government hands them some nonsense ticket, which has nothing to do with safety in any way, shape, or form, or a, or a victim, or bringing harm to property or whatever, they'll just ignore it. And uh, I mean, they'll go to court and they'll tell the judge, look, I'm not paying. I'm not your piggy bank. I don't, uh, don't appreciate your... That's why I drive like a granny, particularly coming back from Winchester, because those cops are so bored. I drive like a granny because if I do get a ticket, I'm not going to pay it. The concern, uh, according to the story here, again, fatal road accidents didn't change significantly, so it doesn't matter how many tickets they give out. People still drive the same damn way. Right. (laughs) And really, they do. Think about the speeding tickets you've gotten in your life. Has sure. it stopped you? Right, sure. For a week or two, or maybe even a month or two. You're looking over your shoulder. You, you're, you, you try to go the speed limit, and then you creep back up. You say, well, everybody goes at least five miles an hour over. And so you creep up to five miles an hour over, and then you're like, well, they really won't pull over anybody who does, is going over 11. And then you creep up to 10, and you know, it just goes up. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 there are places, absolutely, that speeding is dangerous. But the vast majority of places, people really do conduct themselves in a safe manner. I've also heard, too, they haven't updated a lot of speed limits since uh, there have been a lot of advances in automobiles and, and street construction and different things. They and, set speed limits you know. also for the, the lowest common denominator. I mean, the yeah. person who can barely see. Over oh, the steering wheel. And yeah. barely uh, see over the steering wheel. And thick snow in a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if this was the case, speed limits, and they have this technology, would change during the daytime and at nighttime. They would, uh, they would, they would be separate for different drivers. Now, that would get uh, a bigger stretch. But, I mean, speed limits should be different for rainy conditions, sunny conditions. There's all kinds of conditions that these are based on, and they're not. Well, they're I based on revenue collection. I I, I, I've had people tailgating me because I'm going five, ten mile, five to ten sure. miles over the speed limit, and uh, I let them tailgate me. I'm, I'm not going over ten miles over the speed limit. Yep. Troopers who failed to keep their numbers high face serious punishment that affected both their salary and quality of life. In Troops 4 and 5, those who didn't issue 100 tickets... Oh, now that's... Okay, so there you go. Now they're calling 100 contacts 100 tickets now. Hmm. So apparently a contact is a, a, tissue, a ticket issued. Uh, so those who did not issue 100 tickets received verbal counseling, negative performance appraisals, had their work schedules changed, meaning, oh, you're not issuing the right amount of tickets. Well, overnight shift for you, buddy. Uh, they had their schedules changed or were transferred involuntarily. Here, now you got to pick up with your family and move or drive three hours to work. More on the way. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. The AMP program allows you to help get behind the show, get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can get on uh, on to the AMP program for as little as 3 bucks a month, any major credit card and some alternative payment options, PayPal as well, all at amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like the access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. And I was so pleased to uh, get an agreement from our... 
what is our 50th signed station. We have 48 stations that are on board with us as far as actually airing the show, and there are basically two that are in the hopper that have signed agreements but have yet to actually start airing the show. So we've got a new station that's going to be signing on here in August, early August, to take the show, which is pretty exciting. I won't say more than that because I don't want to jinx it. Uh, But all of this is possible because of your $3 a month, because of you, the amplifiers who have gotten behind this show and have gotten some perks at the same time. Amp.freetalklive.com. You know what? Uh, Dale is with us tonight from anarchyinyourhead.com. You told me earlier tonight that you've been getting some questions on your website. Mm. I hope that we get a chance to get to one of those. So pluck one out uh, while we go to Tom, who's listening in West Virginia, to WVTS. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, guys. This is Tom, the Neocon. Tom, welcome. What's on your mind tonight? No, I just wanted to let you know, everyone pretty much in the West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia area knows that that's how it how it goes when it comes to state troopers, you know, when it comes to the uh, the tickets. You're more apt to get a ticket toward the end of the month. Everybody mm-hmm. have that type of attitude. So it's always been in that, – that system has always been there, and it's just amazing that now they just now admit that that's how it goes. Well, that's – the reason I bring it up, as I said at the beginning of the story, I'm sure our West Virginia listeners already knew this – uh, but there's there's been speculation for years about police departments and quotas, and so I bring it up just to to let people know this does happen. And Here's every, the evidence. Every couple of years, they catch another state doing quotas again, and mm-hmm. the reason for it is essentially the the troopers are. Uh, disincentivized to give tickets because they don't want to give tickets to their friends and families and the people in the community if they don't have to if they weren't uh you know if they didn't deserve it but if they're they are in, they have to be, therefore they have to be incentivized to do their job which is I'm sorry to say state trooper especially is really just a you know a fundraiser with a gun yeah right if you have a good record now I I found out personally that if you have a I have a first of all, I have a very clean record. I've never had a, I haven't had a speeding ticket in over ten years, and I was pulled over for going forty and a thirty-five, and I had oh, my Lord. registration. Was, yeah, and my registration was was lapsed, uh, and uh, I also had uh, the seatbelt. Hey, I thought on. you neocons were all about law and order. He's not a neocon. Listen, I had a, I had a McCain sticker in the back window, so I think that may have got me out of the ticket. God. So. <laughs> Awful. It's going to get you into hell, but it might have gotten you out of the ticket. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. I'll, I'll get off Thank here. you, Tom. No, thank you, Tom. Yeah, you're not a neocon if you call yourself a neocon. Do they Do they actually, <laughs> does Dick Cheney call himself a neocon? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you know, maybe they, they maybe I they thought do. it was a negative term. Maybe they're trying to take it back, like the word queer like, or something. Or libertarian. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't trying know. trying to reclaim and take the bite out of the word by using it on themselves. I haven't met too many uh, people that, that call themselves neo, neocons. Um, neocons are essentially with, uh, Republicans with a more Democrat uh, look at the... At, uh, at, at foreign policy, Democrats or Republicans were always the, well, well, the other people's business. That. From what I understand, well, the actually impression I got is a lot of the people who sort of got active in the Republican Party were originally Democrats, and in fact were Democrats in a lot of ways. Very yeah, socialist that much is and true stuff. too. And then they kind of changed their rhetoric, and you know, which doesn't surprise me if you look at how like Bush acted in yep. his during his whole two terms. I, I don't think voting for McCain makes one a, a neocon. I think that uh, we were presented with. Two really crappy choices for president, and if you decided to pick one of those choices and get behind that candidate with a bumper sticker or donating some money or anything like that, those are just decisions you made. They don't necessitate a label. 
Let's continue here. Uh, Dale, you've been getting questions on your website recently. Anarchyinyourhead.com is the site. It's a cartoon website, though there are some essays that you'll post there from time to time as well. You get two cartoons per week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, and they're good. It's good stuff. I highly recommend people go and take a look and vote at vote.anarchyinyourhead.com. Is that right? That's right. That's you can vote once per day. Nice, easy to remember URL, which you inspired me with, with vote.freetalklive.com. Well, glad, uh, glad we could but be But my vote is every day, unfortunately. Well, uh, I think that that's an, there's an advantage to it because you can, you know, there's get a habit going. Fast. Yeah. It's even it's even faster than vote.freetalklive.com, mm. uh, which yeah. is fast and no easy. No login, no verif- just no yeah, no email verification, no login required. None of that. Just when, check your IP bang. address. If anyone from your IP address has, has not voted, you'll be able to vote. All right, cool. So day. every day. So yeah. your website, you post a comic twice a week, and it's usually very poignant. Uh, and there, of course, are comments that people can post beneath them. And you've been getting emails and comments from people with, with some questions. Because yeah. you've started a new series as of, I think, today or yesterday. Yesterday, uh, yeah. Where you have been, you're doing the, t- what is it, the 10? Top 10 Causes of Menarchism. So you've started with number 10? Yeah. And the, co- the questions have been coming in. What are, and I've done a couple comics recently where I kind of poked fun at minarchists, so they've been in the, hi- in the spotlight lately. Right. You've got a, a character that is, uh, what's it, the prankster? The prankster is, yeah, he's, he's sort a of a characteristic, sort of a stereotypical minarchist. Oh, come on. You made it after me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know people like to say that, but, uh, you know, he's being equated with Mark now. But I'm not even sure Mark is a minarchist by my definition of the mm-hmm. word. I'm not, I'm still not completely sure. He's a really tough guy to figure out. Yeah, he's an enigma. He's very deal with Ian on a regular basis. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, so what are some but of anyway. the questions you've been getting? Here? Well, some people are saying. Well, first of all, I think a lot of people are getting. You know, there's disputes about what it really means to be minarchist, and uh, and uh, and a lot. But the big one is, why are you picking on minarchists? You know, why don't you want to shrink the government? And uh, in the meantime, you know, if you can't until you can get no government, and that's a big one. That's a big one. Is why am I picking on minarchists? And I'm well, like. <laughs> You know, people, it's the, a very good question, though. Uh, but I have to, good answers. People need butts for jokes, um, yeah. and I'm sorry. You know, that, that's fine. You know, <laughs> learn to take a joke. I would it's be a my, good my question. First advice. I mean, a lot of my friends are minarchists. You know, I like mm-hmm. them. Their hearts are definitely in the right place. I think they're terribly misguided in like such a crucial way that we need to. That, and that way is so crucial in terms of us actually achieving a smaller government. So when people say, well, don't you want a smaller government? Absolutely. I want it to be smaller. I don't think we're going to get there by working. By, I don't think we're going to get there as long as we say that we need government. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm all for incremental change and things like that. And like, here's a question, actually, I was going to quote and, and reply to. It says, I guess my next question would be, this seems like a new reader, by the way. From the anarchist perspective, is minarchism viewed as a means toward a truly free market society or simply an end, a diluted compromise within itself? And that's a good question because people are asking, what, is it, what does it mean? I'm talking about the philosophy, of course, like having a philosophy that there's a certain role for an authoritarian monopoly on violence in our lives. It's a very small one, but that it's there. And then I said, uh, this particular anarchist sees minarchism as an impediment to all freedom, even an impediment to the smaller government that they claim to seek. More than a hardcore socialist, by describing government as the only way to be free, minarchism empowers the biggest tools of government for keeping us under its control, delusions and legitimacy. So these are people who are equating liberty with having an authoritarian monopoly on violence protecting our liberty, which is a, a paradox in itself. And that's, that to me is what gets me is that their hearts are in the right place, uh, but there's this 
you know, but they're hooked. Uh, they're hooked on this one thing, which is at the root of our problem. Well, you know, it, of, it, with big with government with the government's intrusion into our lives in the first place. It's in fear. the defense of minarchists, and I, I understand the position you're coming from that liberty that absolute liberty is absolute liberty. But if 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 just maybe like entertain the possibility that absolute liberty could at least be you know thought of by people as a way to get less liberty. If, for instance, the only way for me to get liberty, um, it, it, you know, to, to, to live in this world of absolute liberty is to live inside a compound with razor wire on top and heat-seeking uh, missiles inside and, uh, you know, motion-detecting, uh, you know, machine guns, maybe liberty isn't as good. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? Are, are you talking about a society with no... <laughs> Authoritarian monopoly on violence? That's correct. A okay. society... A, That's very, a very theoretical to me. Yes. I'm not interested in... in, in uh, I, I'm not even... I'm not, you have to understand that from my philosophy as a voluntarist, yeah. all interactions should be voluntary. You should never aggress against an innocent person. That makes an authoritarian... But somebody's going to do that, that makes right? an author, Yeah, pro- probably. An authoritarian monopoly on violence has to aggress against innocent people by its nature. Sure. So, uh, and, and most of us realize that. And so... My philosophy isn't doesn't have anything to do with me saying, well, the only way we can be happy is to have no government at all. My philosophy is saying we have to oppose government if we're going to shrink it. You ha- you can't say okay. we need it. You have to see it as the enemy, and then recognize that okay, now how do we deal with that problem? I think that but you that's could... the first step. You have to make that first step. If you don't withdraw your moral support from the idea that we can aggress against innocent people and that that somehow makes us freer and better, then you cannot make the next steps that are necessary to actually shrink government and get more less intrusion in our lives. <laughs> I think Go you ahead. can stand against uh, government in certain areas while still say, you know, look, government in, intruding in this area, this area, this area is evil. But government I think we need it is here. evil, period. It can't aggress against innocents. Yeah, because it's aggressing against people. Well said tonight, Dale and Mark. Thanks for being here. Enjoy your vacation. We're going to have fun without you. Go pound salt in your butt. <laughs> See you tomorrow night on the line. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Okay, it's an extended uh, internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. Joining us tonight, we have a special guest, one of our industry buddies, Holland Cook, is with us. Holland, uh, welcome to the show. I'm privileged to be part of it. Now, Holland, um, you know, I, it's it's odd for uh, Free Talk Live to do interviews, period. It's mostly a, an open lines, current events show, but sometimes we do interviews with uh, newsmakers and people we find interesting, but this interview is kind of special. We're doing this interview for us because we we what do you mean for us for us it, it well we're gonna share it with people but well no I, I'm doing this interview to help Holland promote his uh, podcasting consulting business fine fine Yay! I find I find Holland to be one of the most interesting guys at the uh, talkers seminar and that's the reason that I'm here it's just I I, I think he's interesting to talk to <laughs> well right back at you because uh, talk radio is just choking on this. Uh, Democrats bad, Republicans good, I'm right, you're wrong show. Yeah. And, you know, the very topic of the interview is what you guys are all about, because uh, media has been pushing stuff at people for generations. And what you've built here really pulls content from people. It's really more of a conversation, a dialogue, than it is the monologue that comprises too much of talk radio. So uh, I, I think what you're doing is the way people are living now. We expect to interact with our media. We don't just want to be talked at. 
You've been saying that in your newsletter. I'm a subscriber to your newsletter. It's an industry thing, News Talk Sports. Uh, I'm sure you have hundreds and hundreds of subscribers. And you've been saying this forever. How many people are listening to you in the business? Well, I I think that the uh, uh, iPhone is really the most conspicuous uh, example of what's up now. It really is the tip of the spear because it's everything in your pocket. Yeah. And uh, it's an expression (laughs) of uh, life at 70 miles an hour and the way that we want to graze uh, with information and entertainment content. But it's not just about the iPhone. That's that's really an expression of it. And what I'm trying to do is get radio to catch up, uh, really to behave more like your show than the Rush Limbaugh show. And uh, don't misunderstand me. Uh, I'm glad that Rush Limbaugh is on a bunch of stations I work with, mm-hmm. but I'm not married to him. Uh, you know, I, I have two playbooks. And in any given city, if the radio station that I advise has Rush Limbaugh, he's the biggest star in talk radio. And if the radio station that has Rush Limbaugh is the competitor, he's the biggest buffoon in talk radio. I'm (laughs) agnostic. Uh, The guy certainly has an act, but uh, it's old school uh, media model, meaning we talk, you listen. In olden times, there were movie critics and consumer reports Now people want to go online and peruse user comments. They want to see what's been posted by people who have seen the movie or bought the product Mm -hmm. and, in a sense, join the conversation. They they want to be part of a great big conversation that is minimally um, moderated, if at all. Life's become a wiki, and uh, what I'm trying to do is help radio catch up. Those poor radio guys, I mean, they are so ha- uh, hamstrung by the situation they've always been in. I mean, let's look at their history for just a moment. They've had it on easy street for the longest time. I mean, basically, uh, basically, they've they've been in this industry that has been insulated from any real serious com- competitive influences because, you know, they've got the FCC out there uh, operating as gatekeeper to their business. And Huge gatekeeper. I mean, right. if you don't get into the, you don't get into the radio business without six figures in your pocket. Sure. So uh, so your only real competition is the other guy across town that happens to have uh, gotten into the business as well. And uh, if he if he picks different formats from you and you pick a different format from him, then you're not really competing in the same uh, in the same um, exact area. And so it's kind of easy to just float on by, especially when radio was all there was for audio entertainment. You know, uh, now fast forward to uh, the, the 21st century, the Internet hits the scene. You've got streaming, you've got podcasting, you've got, uh, as you were saying, blogs and all the other stuff, all kinds of things competing for uh, for people's attention. And radio, just they just don't know what to do. It's like they're running around the, like a chicken with their head cut off. They don't even know they well, have you, to do anything. <laughs> you keep hearing the term uh, disruptive, and what the Internet has disrupted is scarcity. And uh, what you said about radio also applies to other legacy media. Once upon a time, there were three, maybe four TV stations. Mm -hmm. And people my age were all youngsters sitting remarkably still uh, (laughs) at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on February 9, 1964, waiting for an odd-looking fellow on the black-and-white TV to say, The Beatles! (laughs) 
And uh, every night, you know, at 6.30 Eastern, mom and dad would sit down and wait for this grandfatherly Uncle Walter to say, that's the way it is. And it seems quaint now, the notion that we would consume entertainment or information content on the media's schedule. And that's what scarcity did. If there were only a handful of distribution systems, they really controlled the flow of the content. Ditto for newspapers. I mean, it seems quaint now to say, the daily newspaper. Um, and and that's why the newspapers are teetering now. The TV stations can barely afford to field a news team that would assemble some uniquely local content because they're slugging it out against 500 channels on direct TV and in slow motion, five gazillion channels uh, online. Um, I got direct TV, 500 channels and nothing to watch. I yeah. went on Hulu and found a couple good Kojaks the other night. It was great. <laughs> so the user has really taken control because the Internet disrupted scarcity of distribution. What you guys are doing isn't confined to the 30 square miles of turf that the FCC has licensed your affiliate radio station to cover. It's a worldwide web. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to get into here in a moment is uh, so maybe some useful ideas for some of our listeners. Because from time to time, we get phone calls from listeners that uh, want to know, well, how can I get started in podcasting? Or sometimes they'll ask, how can I get started in radio? Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. We've we've had people call in who are, uh, you know, completing their broadcasting degrees. <laughs> and we're like, and I don't to syndicate, right? Right. I don't know what. If if you think that you're going to, <laughs> to wander on into some uh, radio station office, and they're just going to slap you, you know, slap you behind a microphone and give you a big old check every week. Doesn't work that way, right? Things have changed. If if yeah. they were ever like that, they things have changed. So well, the model is theoretically seductive uh, because you can do a show once and then reiterate it on a bunch of stations, but that's where it ends. Just trying to call the radio station is a problem now because they've uh, fired uh, most of the staff. And mm-hmm. uh, the old gag about if you're calling a radio station and nobody answers, you got the right number. You end up in this, <laughs> this voicemail cul-de-sac, and you guys know this because you're syndicating a radio show. Yeah. Um, it's not easy to do a good radio show, but doing a good radio show is the easiest part of syndication. The hardest part is getting them to remove what you want to replace. And I hear uh, every week from earnest uh, interesting, uh, talented, witty uh, folks who have a idea for a radio show. And the first thing I try to do is talk them out of it for yeah. this reason, that the gatekeepers uh, are, are still playing the scarcity game. And instead we talk about what has been termed podcasting. Although even using that term makes it sound smaller than it is. Uh, the lines are blurring um, the minute you... Uh, start playing with the iPhone. You know, it's all just stuff coming out the uh, device. And the the fact that the radio transmitter and the TV transmitter and the newspaper printing press are scrambling like crazy to at least duplicate what they do online, and if they're smart, they, they expand upon what they do online. You know, this is evidence that um, the lines have already crossed. Uh, in olden times, uh, radio was competing with radio. You know, the audience battle was between WXXX and WYYY. It's not that way anymore. Attention is dissipating in a gazillion different directions. And there may never have been enough appeal 
within the 30 square miles that they were licensed to operate that transmitter to do a show about uh, cigars or bonsai trees or whatever, any narrow interest topic. But uh, it's a World Wide Web, and those Google spiders are crawling around it, finding content to hook people up with somebody else who's interested in cigars or bonsai trees or whatever. Yep. And the required reading is that book, The Long Tail, that talks about why Amazon.com and why uh, topics of seemingly small interest uh, have big potential on the Internet. So we've got to refocus our thinking from playing the hits, which was a model that worked with scarce distribution, to um, focusing uh, on something in greater depth that, than broadcast distribution might have supported, but will super serve people who are super interested in whatever that topic is. And that's Absolutely. a lot of the new work that I'm doing. I'm still working for a bunch of radio stations, and I'm, I'm still very much a broadcast consultant. Mm -hmm. But increasingly, a lot of the folks I'm working for uh, want to get on iTunes because um, the iPod is uh, a bit of a transistor radio now, uh, to make an analogy. And the network, if you will, is iTunes. It's a great big distribution system, or people want to build out a website that's got audio or video on it, or they want to know how to run up the odometer a bit on their YouTube video. So th this is an increasing part of my work, and uh, I believe that there will always be newspapers, meaning uh, words on paper, hard copy. I believe there will always be radio and TV stations. But the, uh, the slices are getting thinner and thinner, and it yeah. has really opened the door for people to self-publish about things that never would have passed the test uh, for a, a topic appeal back when scarcity ruled. You know, um, I, there's, I, this is absolutely true. And looking at this from a, a sales standpoint, because that's where I come from in this business, there's a, there's a gal, for instance, that I've talked to who's a listener of the show who happens to be putting out her own podcast that's on dealing poker. And uh, I guess she was she's a poker dealer and wants to tell people the you know the ins and outs of poker dealing and i don't i don't even know what they are honestly but i know that she's doing this very narrow podcast and you know when you think about that sure when when you when you're talking about cost per thousand or cost per point gross ratings point or whatever um when you're when you're dealing out a, a you know a big product that has broad appeal Fine. Um, those that's for a you know a, a venue that has broad appeal. But when it's you're just tonnage. Yep. When you're talking about something narrow like this, I would think that the competitor to bicycle playing cards, um, who's you know doesn't have as much market share, would probably be very interested in this lady's show sponsoring it or something like that. And if you can bring on those narrow uh, advertisers, that's when you really have uh, something going. And and you know it does maybe you probably won't get rich doing it, but it might very well pay your time, um, you know, make it worth your while to do the show. Well, plus, you know, she could become the Oprah of poker dealers. You know, she could own yep. that position uh, in media because uh, it might be uncontested at the moment. 
it might very well be. It, you know, it 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 also has the uh, the, the door swinging for uh, you know those the Texas Hold'em tournaments. There they always have some host or another. She may may very well end up on there. You know, it's 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 an opportunity to really to you raise to, your profile. Yeah, to, to raise the profile, get your foot in the door, and, and but, some other better paying gig. Well, of course, the trick though with uh, with the podcast is once you start the podcast, you're still out there in the sea of podcasts. You know, how do you separate yourself from everybody else that's out there doing a podcast? That's got to be one of the trickiest things. Do you help, can you help yeah. people with that? Yeah, I, and and it's uh, it starts with the topic. You know, I'm a libertarian. You're going to get lost in the shuffle. But uh, <laughs> I am Connecticut's libertarian is self-defining. The Google spider will come find you. So it starts there. And there's a bunch of tricks and techniques you learn along the way. Uh, picking the right keywords on YouTube, uh, and, and you know even that's fairly transparent. You know how after the uh, YouTube video plays, the artificial intelligence gives you that vertical stack on the right side of the screen of similar topic videos. Mm-hmm. Well, click on all those videos and see what their keywords are, and start using those keywords in your video, mm. and you're going to pop up when somebody watches theirs. I see. So you know, leave some uh, leave some footprints. Obviously, you can't give us all the secrets, uh, Holland, because I want to get some maybe clients headed your way, some people that are interested in either starting their own podcast or maybe they're brand new and they've already jumped in and they want to get some ideas as to how they can take it to the next level. Is that the kind of thing that you can help people with? Uh, pitch us on the on your podcast consulting. That's what I'm doing, and the uh, the more thoughtful version that you can read through at your convenience is at getonthenet.com. That's the very first domain name I ever bought in 1994. Gosh. And wow. uh, net.com has even changed in meaning since then. You know, at the time it kind of sounded like dial-up, and then it meant something else, and now it means self-publish. And you want to get on the net as the net itself is becoming transparent, i.e. the iPhone. For all we know, this phone call that we're on right now is on the Internet backbone, some or all of the distance between us. I can guarantee you it is. You're on a VoIP plan on my end. <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, you know, the, the I cringe when I hear radio station promos say, log on to our website. <laughs> you know, that just sounds so CompuServe 1982. Most of the listeners probably have an always-on connection from uh, DSL or cable, but radio is a step behind, and we have to catch up. The opportunity for radio and the opportunity for uh, people who have something to say and want to self-publish is still there. Uh, Radio draws traffic to the Internet better than any other old medium. There's a pile of research that was done by Arbitron, the ratings company, and Edison Media Research that says no other legacy medium uh, brings traffic to the Internet better than radio. You know, it's it's absolutely the truth. And it's a powerful incumbency that uh, radio ought to exploit. And the the emerging value model that I'm working with at radio stations is something on the air that is snack size in a commercial that the advertiser uses to invite – listeners to see, hear, download, interact with more online at their convenience. The station I was visiting this week in uh, Texas, we uh, sell some time to a uh, law firm, and the on-air commercial begins, you've just been served divorce papers. What's the first thing you should do? 
And no matter how happily married you think you are, you're sitting there in the car with the key on accessories listening <laughs> to the next 25 seconds, <laughs> which invites you to go to the law firm's website and poke around. Uh, I think we did 16 different FAQ-type videos about, okay, who gets the season tickets to the Cowboys? Uh, what about the vacation home? Uh, property settlement? Uh, visitation rights with the grandchildren? It's all the things the lawyer would be asked at a cocktail party. It's all the things that make him more approachable than other ads in the yellow pages. So radio has an opportunity because it still has this incumbent cred and brand and distribution and audience flow to invite to go online. Radio is struggling because it's having trouble getting on-air people to create online content because they're on-air people. And the new audition ought to be my advice for people who want to syndicate. Start on the Internet. Uh, People who manage talk radio stations are deluged by enthused callers who have a great idea for a show, and they don't realize that they're still going to have to show up in 90 days and do it every single Saturday. Especially if they've never done it. I work with, you know, we make them start out with a podcast. And, you know, let's see if they can uh, at least produce uh, to that set of deadlines, and then maybe they graduate to an on-air show on the weekend. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, that's And when people will call to ask us, well, how do we get into either podcasting or radio? Well, first of all, it's easy to send them to, you know, Broadcast Supply Warehouse and get them a podcasting kit and get the, uh, the hardware side of things taken care of. And, uh, you know, then get started and start doing it and don't stop. I think that's yeah. probably one of the most critical People things. just don't get it. They, they you know, they, they have this imagination that the show that they're listening to now, uh, today for the first time, must have just started today for the first time. It, you know, Free Talk Live's been on the air since 2002. When we went, got syndicated, we were syndicated on three stations, one of which went, uh, switched formats in the first two weeks so we were down to two stations and one of those stations was in marysville tennessee wherever the heck that is and the other one was on six watts six watts in kansas city just outside of kansas city and we've managed to grow it to 50 uh, nearly 50 stations now it's it's you've got to go and you've got to show up every day is the key yeah and and uh to your credit you know you hung in there but it's what the Bob Seeger called deadlines and commitments. You gotta keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And what in yours to the radio stations you're on is the fact that you guys are doing all of this other stuff on the side, which deepens the bond you have with their listeners. And you are in effect promoting your affiliates by virtue of everything you're doing other than appearing on your affiliates. So the stations that uh, have the attention span to focus on this stuff uh, will reap the rewards, and those who don't will suffer. And look no further than iPhone for evidence uh, as to why. You know, one of the trickiest parts, I think, if you can get somebody going with a podcast and they can get at it and they can do it consistently, they may then, uh, maybe they've already wanted to do this and they just figured the podcast would be the best way in, would be they may want to expand out to a radio station. And that, of course, would be, in my opinion, the best way to do it is to actually have an existing show that you can come to, uh, station owner, manager, program director, and, and present them with, oh, I do this show and I've been doing it for this long and I'd like to have an opportunity to bring it to you. 
Um, There are different ways that they can go about doing that. But because the radio industry is so insulated and so reticent towards change, this is not going to be an easy process. I mean, many of the the managers out there aren't. They may still be of the mindset of, "Oh, well, you're not you're not a radio person. I don't have to listen to you." Uh, what do you think? I mean, how difficult is it for somebody who's got a podcast? Let's say they've been podcasting for six months or a year or something like that. How hard is it for them to walk through the doors of a radio station and uh, and actually end up on the air? Well, it's a very credible audition, uh, especially if you're a newbie. Because if you've not done radio and you're not uh, a, a local uh, celeb, athlete, ex-politician, or, uh, you know, federal convict, uh, <laughs> you know, if you don't come with any portfolio, uh, you're doomed to the hinterlands, you know, what's left of radio's farm team. Uh, but if you have been uh, publishing online, it's a very credible audition. You know, you've shown up. And I don't mean to scare away anybody who's got something to say uh, by way of suggesting that you have to have at least an hour per week, 52 weeks a year to say, because in a lot of ways, it's like writing a book. You know, maybe you've only got one spiel and uh, the podcast or vodcast, vidcast, you know, however you iterate that online uh, contains the entirety of what you have to say about something whether it's dealing poker or bonsai trees or cigars or whatever, there's an opportunity to publish there as opposed to the old model where you give your work to a uh, book publisher who's going to cheat you out of all the residuals on the back end uh, just for the sake of distribution. Or if you're a musician, you know, the old model is you give your work to a record label uh, in exchange for whatever piddling advance they gave you and then deducted all the studio costs and you really make your money touring, but what the record label had accomplished for you was distribution and promotion. Yeah. And, you know, a year ago, uh, November, I bought the new Eagles album directly from the Eagles. They have no record label hmm. anymore. They don't need one. And uh, this new model allows you to say it once, say it well, and then spend a couple of years making money off it, uh, as opposed to uh, having to... Uh, iterate, serialized, you know, episodic content. What uh, radio stations have to be wary of is people who think they have episodic content, but they really said it all once. Hmm. So, uh, you know, when folks find getonthenet.com and email or call me, that's the first thing I try to ascertain. Uh, Is this a series or is it, uh, quote, unquote, a book, you know, an album, a one-time uh, iteration, because uh, this new platform will support either, and which will serve your end well. You know, the, these are merely the means, but which will serve your ultimate business goal well? If you want to be the uh, Oprah of uh, poker dealers, and you want to appear on these uh, cable shows that you see on uh, ESPN6, and uh, you want to write a book and you want to find notoriety as the Oprah of poker dealers, uh, this can do that, and you don't necessarily have to come up with an hour's worth of material a week. Holland, what you were saying there about uh, people not knowing when they've said everything is uh, it, I, I, it, it's something that you can really run into in this business is 
the the consultants that we've had up to this point, yourself included, have absolutely helped us see the forest from the trees, and um, you know, sort of to me explain that phrase uh, to some extent. Being right in the fray, I don't know whether I'm talking too much about something or um, whether you know we've covered it and that kind of thing. And I feel that the consultants like yourself have uh, been invaluable in this, and in that uh, people people don't even know what they don't know about broadcasting, and that's why they should you know get a hold of you. Well, you're gracious to say so, but what you guys have going for you also is that you're listening so well to the folks that you're interacting with. You're not just pushing a show at them. And even as prolific as you guys are, you would have hit the writer's block wall a long time ago, but for the fact that your listeners are creating so much of your content. Almost all of it. <laughs> online and on the air. You know, you, the the best kind of talk radio is where the host will conceive the topic, quickly set the table, and then barely control the ensuing conversation. Uh, you know, that's the kind of radio that keeps you in the car with the key on accessories. And uh, I've, I'm not saying this to make you guys blush, but I, I've used your work as an example to others, and you've taught me a lot about the plumbing, uh, you know, the online plumbing. Uh, but the stuff that you're doing at freetalklive.com uh, often built on non-proprietary stuff that's out there, you know, wiki and blog apps and media player stuff that anybody can help themselves to online. I think what you're doing is a bit of a clinic in that, and uh, the antithesis of the uh, blah, 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 monologue that uh, still is most of talk radio. You know, I, I really appreciate that, and, and you mentioned that at your speech at Talkers, and thank you for that. But it's so funny when I hear you say that, all I can think of is how behind the ball I feel like we are in comparison to a lot of the other Internet-based uh, uh, podcasts that are out there that don't have a radio component. When I yeah. look at uh, when I look at freetalklive.com compared to some of the other uh, podcasts out there, our website just doesn't have uh, some of the things that they do. They, they seem far more advanced. But when you look at freetalklive.com compared to the radio station <laughs> websites, yeah. it's like night and day. The uh, typical radio station website is still a brochure about the station yeah. that is struggling to include uh, content. You know, maybe they've got an app in there where the Associated Press uh, stuffs some oh. news in there, but it's still a brochure oh. about the radio station as opposed to being about the listener. Well, the bigger ones, the bigger stations in the bigger markets look better and they're more likely to have something that's a little bit different. But, man, some of the smaller medium market stations, st their websites look like they're still in 1996. Yeah, the, 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 the most you can hope from them is to get the studio line off the uh, website. You get a... Uh, 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 Bunch of slow loading pictures of um, the gnarly jocks. looking disc jockeys and a list <laughs> of last month's concerts. Um, WMVY, Martha's Vineyard, WMVY has a great website and it's a kitschy little place to begin with. You know, it's a, a resort area that people have deep affinity for and uh, it's a place to daydream about in January and go visit in July, and they've got a lot of stuff on their website that goes beyond uh, the brochure about the FM station. And I think that this is uh, the ultimate uh, example of how sometimes in the small markets they get it so much righter than they do in the big markets. And the problem with the stations in the big markets is that they're owned by big companies who have this web template 
mm-hmm. from the home office yeah. uh, that all the stations are locked into. And uh, those are the ones that are really brochure-like as opposed to chat-like or wiki-like or blog-like. Absolutely. All right, Holland, your website is getonthenet.com. People can go yes, there. Uh, people are invited to go there, visit you there, and especially if they've got themselves a podcast that they've already started up or they're thinking about getting one started, you can help those people. Yeah, I'd love to help anyone tell their story. And, uh, you know, two-thirds of a life ago, I was a school teacher, so I still enjoy graduation day. It's mm-hmm. not like you may need me forever, but I can at least show you how the plumbing works and get you started, and then you take off the training wheels and ride. Very cool. Uh, anything else you want to share with our listeners uh, here today that we might have left out? Have a happy summer. <laughs> Always good talking <laughs> Thanks, to you, Holland. Holland. I appreciate your time. Ditto. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Have a good day. He is one of my favorite guys in the whole radio industry. I just love talking to him and listening to him. He's sharp. <laughs> he knows really, his stuff. I, you know, it's a, in in an industry full of dinosaurs and old men and uh, you know people that, that are just so full of themselves. He's managed to stay uh, fresh yep. and and with it. And, and connected. Easy, easy, easy to talk to. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of Holland Cook. He's off the line now. He can't hear anything we're saying. I, y- you can do like we did and try to stumble through the first couple of years of podcasting or broadcasting or whatever, and try to figure it out. Or you can pay Holland Cook. I don't know what he charges. Um, you know, off the top of my head, Ian, you probably know better. I don't he, know. I, okay. I don't uh, know if he charges as much to a podcaster as he would a radio station. So. Yeah. So you know, let Holland talk to you about that. But it's it, to me, it's worth the call. To to talk to the guy. At the very least, you'll get off the phone happy you called him because he's a, he's a nice guy to talk to. Um, so you can stumble through the first couple of years and waste your time, or you can spend a little bit of money, and uh, Holland will help you out with uh, some of the nuts and bolts and, and uh, give you some you know, pointers on how to, to do it. If you're already a tech guru, he's probably not going to be able to tell you anything yeah. new as far as you know publishing an XLNL feed and all of the behind-the-scenes tech stuff. Likely not. But if you're completely in the dark, he can definitely point you in the right direction and uh, get you going. Yeah, and, and just having him listen, you know, the, the consultant time to listen listen to the show, tell tell you what he thinks about what he's hearing, give you some ideas. Yeah, he does that too. And yeah. gosh darn, it's useful stuff. It, you know, when you have somebody who's experienced in this business listening to it and, and giving you advice, you'll really, it, it, it makes you that much more listenable. When somebody listens to the show for the first time, that's your moment that you have the opportunity to capture that listener. If you haven't spoken in a manner or uh, you know enticed them in such a way, they're gone and likely they're gone forever. Now, fortunately, there's six billion people on this planet, and uh, maybe I don't know uh, half a million or half a billion of them are uh, online, but and I don't know how many of those speak English. But you, you have the opportunity to get more and different people, but. You, you, you need to you need to treat each of them as a valuable commodity, and I think that uh, getting a consultant like Holland would really go a long way in in you know helping you to polish up your broadcasting skills and heck be interesting. Being interesting is the key in this business, and that's what you got to do. Visit Holland on his website at getonthenet.com. This extended edition of Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. If you want to help us get on more radio stations and bring the message of freedom to more people around the world, please visit amp.freetalklive.com and get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. You get perks and help us out all at the same time. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother...
You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.